You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories right here, right now, to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, it is our 15th full-length improv episode. Woo-hoo. Uh, I think every time I add an, a number to that count, I get excited, but at the same time, I'm like... Hmm. Just like when you get older, the ages start to mean less, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. there's like your your sweet 16 or like you can get your driver's license and then like you turn 18 and you can graduate from high school or like move out or like buy cigarettes and porn. And, you know, and then you turn 21 and you can drink or go to Canada when you're 19 or, you know, whatever. And it's like. Right. Uh, but then as you get older, it's like, woohoo, I'm like 25. I can rent a car, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I pay less in car insurance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I can't be on my parents' health insurance anymore. <laughs> I, I can no longer be drafted. <laughs> uh, right, exactly. So I'm going to let's enjoy uh, the moody, sullen, emo phase uh, goth r- raised by rentals <laughs> while we can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, oh, you're not man. the boss of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That always reminds me of this this thing I posted on Twitter a couple of years ago. And I think I was just like, uh, I, uh, I think I thought I was more clever than I was. But it always like stuck in my head where I was watching the original Alien. And I was like, man, like this alien grows up really fast. And by the end of the movie, he's like chilling in that like little escape pod thing or whatever. And like Ripley sees him and he like looks at her and then he just curls up again and like goes back to sleep or whatever. And all I could think was like, that's just like, you know, sullen goth teenager alien. Like where instead of being like 15, he's like 15 hours old. And he's just like, whatever, mom, leave me alone. You don't know anything. (laughs) Go back to bed. Exactly. It's too early. Jeez. I want to school today. (laughs) What are you doing in my room? It's like, yes, I wear black. It's a statement. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. That's oh. <laughs> man. Oh, God. So that would actually be a really fun, like, uh, genre mashup thing. If there was, like, you know, uh, a pissed off teenage <laughs> xenomorph, but it was like an animated cartoon, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> Alien oh, High or man. something. Oh, right? <laughs> He'd be like Daria, you know? <laughs> His misfit best friend would be a predator, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're supposed to hate each other. Exactly. But we're the only ones who understand each other. Everyone else just thinks we're weird. <laughs> We'd have to have E.T. in there for some reason, you know? <laughs> Oh man, no, he'd be, he'd be he'd be like the kid who's like so nerdy that even the nerds don't like him. <laughs> oh, that's pretty, well, yeah, because when he gets beat up, you have to have him go, ouch. <laughs> you have to have that happen. Exactly. And like he would he, he would want to come over and like hang out with like the xenomorph and the predator because like they used to play Dungeons and Dragons together. And he comes over and wants to talk about the campaign, and they're just like, whatever, nerd, leave us alone, so they can go like smoke joints behind the gym. <laughs> He's a 
sadly walks away. E.T., go home. Oh. oh. <laughs> no, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. He was scary. <laughs> he Fuck E.T. Uh, he, he, he's going to be like uh, like that dude from Office Space who's just secretly going to burn the place down. <laughs> What's his name, Milton? <laughs> yeah, I, I want my, my red stapler. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> oh man, see, this is what I love about this show. Like we just, you just we just improv a Saturday morning, uh, you know, cartoon about the, the, the or like a coming of age, you know, goth teenage uh, sci-fi hero mashup story <laughs> about ET, the Predator, and the Xenomorph. <laughs> well, obviously, oh, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. Oh man, genre mashups are the best. Though they I really think are. So, sometimes I think a genre mashup is like better than just a straight genre story. You know, like yeah. I love superheroes, for example, and you've been reading superhero comics for a long time. But I love it when there's like a like a Victorian era superhero. You know, hell yeah. Or like the superhero is actually like Nikola Tesla in the 20s and he has to fight like, you know, evil Thomas Edison or something, <laughs> you know? Who's trying to kill the elephants? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's like his, his Professor X is like Marconi, you know, or some shit. And it's, <laughs> I love those oh. types of, uh, you know, genre mashups, whether, you know, it's, you know, like a, uh, like you, you mentioned this earlier, you mentioned uh, Stargate when we were chatting before the recording. And like that is a really good example of the perfect mashup because it's like ancient Egyptian mythology and history and this like desert setting, very like classical uh, learning mixed with military sci-fi. <laughs> right. You know, and it kind of it plays awesome. with the whole idea that like aliens helped us build the pyramids and, you know, like it, it plays with a lot of like mythology as well. So it's like it, the, the mashup makes sense to what they're doing, you know, but it is still totally a genre mashup or it's even like why some of the Marvel movies work so damn well, because you're, you're doing like, like a heist movie, but with superheroes, you know, yeah. like, like Ant-Man, that's one of my favorites because it's a fucking heist movie with superheroes. Right. It's fantastic. You yeah. Know? I totally love it. Or like Thor Ragnarok. I think people love Thor Ragnarok because you t it takes the idea of Thor as this like mythological classical God figure. And it's like, yeah, but now it's just like, you know, gladiator. Right. <laughs> or, right. and it's <laughs> like me? rock. <laughs> and it's, but it's also like very like rock and roll, very eighties, you know? And, a, yep. uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's very like neon. And I, I love not even necessarily the genre mashup so much as like the stylistic mashup as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like you don't you don't expect Thor, you know, to to show up in that environment. And that's what's so cool about it. Absolutely. No, genre mashup movies are, are fantastic. They, they are they are definitely some of my favorite, which I, it's funny because I also hate well, one of my, my most loathed uh, types of fan art is the mashup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like don't get me wrong it can be done really well i actually own some uh from one of our rad pantheon members matt LeBay. um he did this awesome lost boys mashup where it was the lost boys uh, uh like poster but the lost boys from peter pan and it's fucking awesome oh so, yeah, that's like, really cool the, it can be done well but it more often than not is something that makes no sense like that kind of thing that's a cool mashup but some of the stuff I've seen at conventions where it's like Hurley Quinn and it's Hurley from Lost dressed as Harley Quinn. It's like, all right, 
Like, why? Because the name sounds similar? (laughs) (laughs) Where? Why do those two things go together? That's not peanut butter and chocolate. That's peanut butter and mayonnaise. It doesn't work. Um, (laughs) Or like the, the one that actually just made me angry and I almost called the dude out on it was he walked up to my booth and he was wearing a, okay, so it was the characters from Bob's Burger, uh, d- like, cosplaying as, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, sure. Flying on the Millennium Falcon. Uh, too much. <laughs> and I'm like, why? 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 <laughs> like, I just got angry. <laughs> you went too far. Uh, and, and I gotta say, for me, the one that I don't like the most, and maybe it's just a personal, you know, prejudice, and uh, no offense to also fellow Red Pantheon uh, members in the uh, So It's Come to This, a Simpsons Family podcast, but I hate it when people take uh, other, just characters from anything, and just make them The Simpsons. You know, it's like The Simpsons oh, yeah. version of Game of Thrones, or The Simpsons version of Star Wars, and it's just like... Yep. Yeah, like I don't really care. I don't. I, I don't really get. I don't get the humor in that. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Bartman was cool, but that's it. Because <laughs> like, yeah. it was yeah. Bart pretending he was Batman. Like so, it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh god, there's been so many, so many Batman, you know, mashups as well too. But yeah, I think there, it's a slippery slope. I think there's there's a fine line between clever and a groaner. You know, it's like a dad joke. You know, it's exactly. Like... <laughs> When done right, it's perfection, but it's so easy to do it wrong. Yes, yes. So you, you really, really have to be careful. Like, I don't know if it counts as a genre mashup necessarily, but one of my favorite pieces of artwork that I have in my office that I'm looking at right now uh, is my friend Amanda did this amazing cross-stitch of uh, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Leatherface, and Michael Myers. Uh, and they're like in silhouette. And then under mm. it, it just it has the Friends logo from the TV yes. show Friends. <laughs> See, and I that kind it. of that kind of stuff I love. Um, though that's where it's like genre mash. Well, I, I shouldn't even say genre mash, but like homages and stuff like that. Like that's hilarious. Um, and like I said, you know, that, that, that type of fan art can totally be done really well, but more often than not, it's just like, you know, what sells Dragon Ball Z, you know, what else sells Star Wars? It's fucking Goku Han Solo. Like, it's like, no, <laughs> no, that's no, just don't do it. Just too much, too much. Oh, man. But, well, so speaking of too much, sometimes, though, when you just throw every ingredient in the fridge into the pot, you end up with something that is just so bonkers that it works. Somehow it works. It's a good good minestrone soup. It's like when a movie is so bad that it just goes around the spectrum back to being good. You just you, they pushed it so far <laughs> that it just broke like the sound barrier of badness and it like circled back in time to, you know, be good again. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so I think the one of the best examples from the VHS era of that sort of like every genre you know, in the bag, throw it in, and we'll just mix it up and see what we get. Is Big Trouble in Little China? Oh fuck yeah, dude! Like that is, is seriously one of my favorite '80s action flicks. It is a supernatural sci-fi martial arts action comedy western. Yep, <laughs> I love it. Did I miss uh, one? <laughs> no, I think you got it. <laughs> it's I mean, so it's, bonkers. <laughs> It, oh, it really is. It is. That movie is nuts. Uh, and I 
I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. Like it was one of the the tape, one of the movies that I had, you know, taped off HBO, mm-hmm. and I would have watched it all the time. Uh, you know, it was in my regular rotation. You know, Jack Burton was one of my favorite like action movie heroes as a kid. But then I don't think I've seen it in I don't know at least ten years, maybe fifteen. It's been a long time. Uh, and not because I don't love it, but just because it was just one of those movies that I've seen a bunch of times. And so when I'm thinking about, hey, what well, like what should I put on? I don't normally think about uh, Big Trouble in Little China as as something that I want to go back to because there's usually some other movie that I haven't seen yet that I want to check out. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know that it necessarily qualifies as like like one of those comfort zone movies that everybody has, but it's definitely a huge childhood favorite. Um, and yeah, like I said, Jack Burton. You know, is an awesome character. Kurt Russell rules in this movie. Oh, hell yeah. No, Kurt Russell. I, I I love Kurt Russell. Like, I honestly can't think of a movie that I've seen him in where I didn't like him. Uh, there's been movies he's been in that I'm kind of like, eh. Like, I wasn't crazy about Soldier. It's not a bad movie, but wasn't crazy yeah. about it. But yeah. I liked his performance. Um, You know, even though he like, basically didn't speak, he was basically trying to be like a freaking droid or something. Um, yeah. Or replicant, I should say. Um <laughs> But yeah, like I, I always like Kurt Russell, uh, you know, and even as far as like uh, those freaking Santa Claus movies. Like, <laughs> oh, God, he's I forgot about good. those. He's I forgot so about them. <laughs> but, like, oh. but yeah, I mean, it's a big trouble in Little China. He plays that type of action hero that I friggin love that I feel is kind of forgotten about nowadays. Like in the 80s, we had a type of action hero that could be kind of bumbling. Like we talked about this on commando where all you had to be, to be a badass in the eighties was like, you just had to be a dude willing to throw a punch. Like you could look like a schluff, like you could have total dad bod and be a fucking badass in the eighties action movie. But you also had the, the hero who was like kind of cocky and had a lot of swagger, but also got their ass handed to him. You know, you had your, your Ash Williams, you know, you had your Jack Burton's (laughs) like, you had these characters that, they got slapped around. They got knocked down, but they kept coming back at you and they, and they always won, you know, and they got the girl. And so I, I miss that type of action hero because in the early two thousands, we got to the, 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 the action heroes, like from fucking crank and like shit like that, where it was just the over the top, oh like super badass who could do no wrong, who could like defy physics while driving a car. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Can you we know, talk about, let's not talk about Fast and the Furious and that no, franchise. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I know there are fans, but no, no, not my cup of tea. But no, I miss, I miss the Jack Burtons. And like this, oh, there's so much fun about that character. Like one of my favorite scenes in this movie is where they're going to stop the wedding. And like they rush in and Jack like screams and fires the gun into the ceiling and rocks fall like rubble and knocks him out. And he's just unconscious for the first half of the fight. Every time yeah. I laugh, every time I know it's coming and I still laugh. Yeah, exactly. And then like just uh, a few, a little bit later in that same fight, you know, some guard or statue or something like falls <laughs> yes. on him and he gets his like foot stuck on him because he has like a knife in his boot. And it's like and then he's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of laying on him and like everybody else is fighting around him. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And that's like, you know, Lethal Weapon. Like, every Lethal Weapon movie, for the most part, opens up with a, a huge, like, um, 
not necessarily, I mean, they get they got to be more and more over the top action as the series progressed. But it was a you know a big set piece where the heroes fail, like where you know where oh, yeah. they're trying they're trying to stop a bad guy and they screw up royally and they get like demoted or something. Like that's like every lethal weapon, you know, it's, uh, at least all the sequels, you know. Right, right. <laughs> and it's like you have to start the movie off with like, yeah, these guys aren't always, you know, they're they're not always the best, but we love them anyway. Well, and that's the thing, like, freaking Danny Glover's character is the perfect example of what I'm talking about. He literally is a dad who's too old for this shit. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And he's still kicking ass. Like, yes, he sometimes gets trapped on a toilet due to a time bomb, but <laughs> he's still kicking ass. <laughs> yeah, and we still think of those guys as, you know, as, like, badasses, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck, fuck him. I mean, uh, Mel Gibson, you know, he, he has some kind of, like, a... Uh, like masochistic, like torture porn kink or something, because every movie he's in, he just gets his fucking ass kicked. (laughs) Sometimes like brutally, brutally destroyed. I don't know if you've ever seen South Park's take on Mel Gibson, but they totally picked up on that masochistic bent that he's got. Cause like, (laughs) I, I won't go into a long tirade, but they have him basically be a fucking lunatic. And it's, it's Mel Gibson's like a picture of Mel Gibson's face as the head and they just have him kind of flap around like the Canadians in them in South Park. <laughs> yeah. But like he's like people try to get their money back from him for uh, the Passion of the Christ. They're like, dude, it was like two hours of torture. I didn't want to see that. And he's like, ah, oh, you'll never get my money or your money back. He's like, what are you going to do? You're going to tweak my nipples. And he starts like pulling his nipples. Like, <laughs> he puts himself on the rack and he's like, you can torture me all you want. I'll never talk. Come on, do it. <laughs> like, that's, oh, it's see, funny that's, as hell. See, that, that, I'm convinced that, that might be the, that's the only reason he came out as like an anti-Semite or whatever is because he just hadn't been punched solid in the fucking nose in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He needed to get the shit kicked out. <laughs> that's what he needs. That's what he really needs. He doesn't really hate anybody. He's just like, what can I say to get really fucking clocked? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Come here, sugar tits. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I still laugh at that. Though. This is like, dude, what? Like, really? What's wrong with you? Oh, man. But I mean, and then even, you know, even looking at uh, John Carpenter, like so obviously John Carpenter or maybe not obviously, you know, to anyone who might not be familiar. But, you know, John Carpenter directed uh, Big Trouble in Little, in Little China um, and it came out in 1986. And, you know, and John Carpenter then. You know, he's he has uh, also they live, you know, in his catalog. <laughs> I, I don't think that you can really say much about any of the characters in they live. Like they're not really badasses like they say they are. They act right. like they are. <laughs> now, whether they actually are or not, you know, up to, yeah, yeah, you know, debatable. I mean, there, there's that five minute groaning fight scene. <laughs> Oh, that fight scene is ridiculous. Oh, I, I love it because it stops the movie dead. It's yeah. just like they're re- they're they're still going like, OK, OK, hit him in the balls. Like, uh, all right. Now he's bashing his head against the wind. OK, they're still going. Like, it's just it's the longest <laughs> fucking fight scene. Oh, I it's love great, it. you know, and and like, yeah, not that we not that we need to have a, a, a podcast about they live because that's not what we're here for. But yeah, <laughs> I I think I think you know most fans of they live know that uh, some of that came from, uh, and I might not recite the story exactly, but you know, Roddy Piper and Keith David were like yep. practicing like the fight scene, and they were like coming up with moves, like trying to combine wrestling moves in with like fist fighting and street fighting, and yep. and it was like and it was like they were practicing, and it really really feels like John Carpenter was 
is just like, okay, roll film, get the fight. And they, they act, and then they would probably expected him to cut it. And he was probably just like, cool. Yeah. Cut it. Print. We're done. Move on. Next scene. Yep. And they were like, wait, hang on a minute. Like you gotta, <laughs> you know, like you know, edit this, you know, put some quick, quick cuts and shit in there. And he's like, nah, it's good. Move on. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Cause like they, they were practicing and they went, they showed it to him and he's like, just, you know, do it. Like, let's, let's see it. So yeah, they, they did the fight scene, you know, and he was just like, it's perfect. We're keeping it. Like he wanted to keep the whole thing just like that. Yeah. It's like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, and there are definitely scenes like that in big trouble in little China, not exactly you know, these like long drawn out kind of awkward fight scenes, but man, having not seen big trouble in little China in a long time, I was really, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but I was kind of like, uh, you know, t- a little taken, uh, a little taken aback, a little bit confused by some of the things that happened in the movie. Because I remember watching it as a kid, just over and over again. And I don't think as a kid that I really fully understood what the plot was or really got everything that was happening. But like, whatever, it's like awesome martial arts and you know, mm-hmm. dudes with fucking lightning hands and flying through the air, <laughs> and it was it was exciting, you know. And so. And even as an adult, I've seen the movie and I probably followed the plot, but having watched it again uh, a little bit more carefully this time so I could kind of pay attention. And I was noticing so many things that were just very uneven. I guess that's probably the word that I'll use, you know. Yeah. Uh, I still really, really enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Like it did not, uh, you know, lower my esteem for Big Trouble in Little China in any way. But I was just like, like, why did they do that? You know, what? like, where did that come from? You know, like that's right. like, oh, that's really fucking out of nowhere. Or, you know, like. <laughs> It just it was it, it it didn't feel like somebody had written had sat down and wrote out a full script and then like the director like you know uh you know plotted it out with like a storyboard artist or whatever it really just felt like you know cut print on the next scene what are we doing today monsters cool let's go you know and right. <laughs> it, it was just like one fucking nutso scene after the next and it was like this it just really doesn't it feels like an improv is what it feels like. <laughs> You know, and that's the thing, like, I I totally agree, but there is something about that that really captures my imagination. And I feel like this is something that George Lucas was able to do in the the original Star Wars trilogy. And I feel like John Carpenter also does this very well, where there's there's a style of world building where they'll just go, you know, they'll, they'll show you some fucking crazy thing and not explain it at all. And you just have to accept that this world, that this story takes place in, this shit happens. And it's like you're left as the viewer going, but I want to know more. What, what happened to that thing? Why did that giant bug fish monster come out of that cave? What is it? You know, it's like. Right, exactly. Want, <laughs> or it's like he's like the black blood of the earth. What, you mean oil? No, the black blood of the earth. What's the black blood of the earth? <laughs> like, I know. No, or, or really any any of the uh, the monsters in the movie, like mm-hmm. they had mentioned the concept of like monsters and demons previous to that like third act, you know, appearance of several of them. But it was right. like, yeah, but but they were talking about ghosts and curses and immortal spirits and like wild, crazy stuff. And so I didn't really zero in on like, wait, did you say monsters? Like, I'm just thinking these guys are just rattling off crazy shit. So when actual monsters show up, like actual <laughs> right. practical effects, you know, uh, you know, SFX monsters. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, this just comes out of nowhere. Well, and that's the thing, like, I, and I remember as a kid being so fascinated by that because I was like, 
you know, it, and it's it, this plays into the type of fantasy that I like. And now you and I have had this conversation before. Don't get me wrong. I love the Lord of the Rings style, Wheel of Time style, like swords and sorcery. I love that type of fantasy. But my favorite type of fantasy is always Stranger in a Strange Land, like where it's like the like the Harry Potter type stories or, or like Magical Kingdom for sale, like stories where like a, a regular everyday Joe that you can relate to suddenly finds himself in a world filled with magic. And I've always liked that. And that's kind of what we get here with Jack Burton, because it's like, yeah, he knows Chinatown, but he doesn't really know Chinatown. Like, he doesn't know what's going on there. Whereas all the, the people who live there are just like, yeah, this is just part of life. Like, it's like, I love that because it, it, it makes me want to know more. So as a kid, when I saw the Beholder thing and it was like, you know, it, it's a it's a servant of Lopan. What it sees, he sees. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what is that? I want to know more. <laughs> or so like weird. the crazy. And I'm assuming it's a, it's supposed to be an Oni. But like from what I've been able to find out, they took that the weird ape man. They uh, took yeah. stories of like the, the wild man of China which is kind of the same idea. Like every culture seems to have some kind of wild man story, whether it be like a werewolf or like, you know, um, a, a freaking, um, oh my God, why can't I think of the Wendigo? Like, I couldn't think yeah, of the name. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, <laughs> um, there's like Bigfoot and Yeti and stuff like that. Yeah. There's always, every culture has that type of, uh, of, a, of a creature, but like they seem to kind of mix it a little bit with the lore of the Oni, you know, like basically just a Japanese demon or a Chinese demon, um, you know, where it's just like, there's so many different types of Onis out there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like it fascinated the hell out of me and I wanted to know like, where did it come from? What does it do? Why is it kidnapping Gracie Law? Like what's right? going on? <laughs> That's what, that's how I felt throughout the entire movie. Like, what is going on? You know, <laughs> and, and and that's what Jack Burton was experiencing through the whole movie. Jack Burton, I let me back up. So for about two thirds of the movie, he's not really doing anything so much as he's experiencing the movie like almost with us. You know, right. like the movie is <laughs> happening to him and around him, and he's not really affecting it in any way. And he spends half the time just going like, you know, wait, Wong, what was that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's like, oh, what's the guy? Dennis Dunn, I think that guy's name. It plays uh, Wong. Yeah, yeah, Dennis oh, Dunn. Wh- yeah. You mean, or is it Wang? Wang. Yeah, yeah Wang. Wang. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays Wang, and <laughs> and like he, 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 almost all of his dialogue is just like, yeah. Oh yeah, Jack. That's uh, the ancient curse. Oh yeah, Jack. That's the the, the evil <laughs> wizard. Oh yeah, Jack. <laughs> it's like he's just quoting, you know, another movie the whole time. He's just like, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, like just it. just don't try to explain it. Just go with it. And I feel like that's what Wang was saying to the whole movie. Is like, and then like Wang himself, he suddenly becomes this like you know flying superhuman like wire foo <laughs> martial arts master you know who takes down you know uh, the the rainstorm guy. And it's mm-hmm. like, wait, what? Like when when did that happen? When did you gain those superhuman abilities? Like what are you doing? <laughs> and see, that's what I love so much about it because it's like. It is that whole idea of just like, it seems crazy to Jack, but everybody in Chinatown is just like, well, yeah, <laughs> like it's just, that's just the way of life. Like even, what was it? Was it Eddie was his name? Yeah, there was an, the... uh, Eddie Lee uh, was the one guy who kind of shows up. Hey, this is my buddy Eddie. He just kind of shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of seems like, you know, hey, I'm an accountant type of guy. But even he was like kicking ass and taking names like and just nobody questioned it. Just like he's just like, yeah, no, I'm a badass, too. 
yeah, you know, you know, it's like the guy who drives the tour bus is like an ancient wizard. You know, <laughs> oh, I love, I love Egg Shed. He's so great. Yeah. It's just it, the movie is nuts, right? Yeah, it's just absolutely nuts. Even real, real quick, even at the start, the very start, where they're and this will steamroll into something else. I hate, but they're the narration moment where the the cops are, or the lawyers are talking to Egg Shen about Jack Burton, and mm-hmm. he tries to tell him, you know, the the story of magic, and then he's like, magic. And he holds up his hands and shoots lightning between them. And the the fucking lawyer doesn't say anything. Just like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that is magic. Like, it's just like, wait, what? You're right. (laughs) Like, you you didn't jump up from your desk and run away from the electric-wielding wizard? Like, seriously? Right. What the hell? Call security. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that opening scene is stupid anyway. (laughs) And that's the thing. I do. This is one thing. And John Carpenter uses it again in in later in his career. I hate, hate, hate the storytelling thing where it's like a character that is going to play a major role in the story is telling the audience the story. Because then every single time we see them in peril, you're like, yeah, no, of course they survive. Like you never quite like so the whole movie you never question is Egg Shen gonna get hurt? No, of course yeah. not because he's telling us the fucking story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I he's gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's most egregiously used in Ghosts of Mars because um, what's her freaking name? The chick who played uh, Sill in the Species movies. Um, Natasha oh. Henstridge. Yes, is that her that name? Or Natasha? Nastasha? I can't. Think N- of Natasha. How you yeah, Natasha Henstridge. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's she's like the main character in that movie, and she's telling the story of what happened to her team, like to mm. this whole investigative thing. So she's explaining the story. There is a couple of scenes where they really try to make you think she's in peril. Like there's one where she's like hanging off the back of like a bullet train, oh, and yeah. it's like, and she's screaming, and they're trying to pull her up, and it's like she's slipping, and it's like, okay, why didn't you do this to a different character? Because we know she lives. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, who cares? Have Ice Cube hanging from the back of the train, damn it! Like, right. Uh, oh, have anyway. you seen Annihilation the, with uh, Natalie Portman? Annihilation. Not yet, but it, it's on my list. It does look good. Yeah, that, that's a great movie. I actually just recently watched that one with Tegan, uh, and I had read uh, the book. Actually, I read the whole trilogy, uh, the, the audiobook, which is also highly, highly recommended. It really does work together as, like, one big story. But, yeah, you can, you know, you could totally just enjoy the first one. Um, and the movie is cool because it's not really an adaptation of the trilogy at all. It's sort of an adaptation of the idea. I, I think in much the same way that like the Preacher TV show was just like, OK, let's take all the elements that we like from the comic and just kind of mix them up in a different order and put it back together and do our own thing. You know, <laughs> and that's kind of what the Annihilation movie did. It, it's sort of an, ad- an adaptation of the entire trilogy, mm-hmm. but it, fo- it does focus a lot on what happens in the first book. But there's so many things that just that weren't in the book or just they're totally made up and, you know, whatever. But I, I also really enjoyed it because having read the book series, I really, really liked the movie because I went into it at the beginning thinking, okay, yeah, I know what's going to happen. Yeah, I know that's this character, that's her name, and that's her husband, blah, blah, blah. And then I almost immediately was like, wait, like this is different. And I was able to enjoy the movie for its own thing, you know, yeah. and and there was tension. And, you know, I really, really liked it because, you know, again, it was its own thing. It wasn't so beholden to the book that it was just beat by beat, but it didn't go totally off the reservation either. You know, it, it, it oh, adapted yeah. the, the, the ideas. Anyway, Honestly, the reason it meant. Oh, go ahead. 
I was gonna say the reason I mentioned it though is because of the narration thing. So when you do watch it, you know I don't want to ruin anything for you, but I they do that narration thing too, where you're like, oh okay, so the main the main character that we see at the very beginning, like you know they're gonna tell the story, so okay that person's gonna live, except maybe not because the you know the, ah, movie, okay. the movie the movie pulls you know some some tricks on you, and I really thought that they did that well. Nice. Well, I was gonna say real, real quick. I know, I know we're we're getting all over the place in this one, but uh, that whole idea of of not being beholden to the source material so much so that you just give a beat by beat. I prefer that with an adaptation. Like that's kind of what I want out of an adaptation because I'm like, if I wanted the exact thing, I would just go back to the original thing that I already love. You know, like the 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 friggin' Walking Dead. I mean, I know we've talked about this even on a previous episode, but just like, yeah, it's close enough where it's like it's following the same paths of the comic book, but stuff is happening to different characters. There's whole story arcs that had nothing to do with the comic. Like there's a lot of stuff that they added and that kept it interesting for me throughout. And now they're doing the same thing with the boys where it's like, now I'm finally catching up on the comic book. Like it's been years. Like I stopped reading the comic in like the twenties and now I'm almost done with the series. Um, But it's like having read the comic book, and watching the TV show, it's like, wow, the show is nothing like the comic, but it's fucking awesome. It's like they took the concept and went, how can we put a good, compelling story to this and not just a series of Garth Ennis jokes? Because realistically, yeah. the comic book, while it has its moments, it's basically just an excuse for him to poke fun at superhero comics. Yeah, exactly. It's way, way more of a of a. Uh, mean-spirited, like satirical comedy than the show is. I think the show oh, takes yeah. the the show takes the concept seriously, but then really goes you know far in terms of well, if this really were realistic, like mm-hmm. how how bad would it be? You know, be you know not just how great would it be, but like let's look at the underbelly of that whole concept. And yeah, I think the show, I totally agree, it does a great job of again taking the same idea but telling me a different story so that I can get excited about watching it and not, I don't know what's going to happen and like the characters are in real. Peril because who knows what, what where they're going and what's going to happen to them because it, anything could happen at this point right uh, and i love it like i don't know if you're caught up i won't i won't ruin anything for the no. listeners but <laughs> man all i'm gonna say is watching the the couple episodes that, that have come out this season so far whoo they're doing a great job with that show so yeah. definitely check it out if you guys like you know really fucked up superhero stories <laughs> <laughs> yes i need to ca- i need to catch up on both the comic and the show uh, i started the new season but i haven't had a chance to really sit down with it but anyway we've been talking yeah, for a long time <laughs> yeah talking about for a long time about genre mashups and i hope anyone who's still bothering to listen to us ramble on <laughs> after all this time you know is still with us because you know rental rant me is like get to the fucking point already guys let's go <laughs> <laughs> right 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 <laughs> See, that's so, the problem. We haven't had a rental rant in a while, so, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we, we, For those listening, we took a little bit of a break uh, because originally those were just supposed to be, like, off-week specials that we did, like, once in a while. But then we got really excited and we had a whole bunch of shit we wanted to talk about. <laughs> and it went, like, weekly really fast. Um, so it's like, you know what, let's just – I don't want to force it. I don't want to do uh, a non-improv show unless we really have something that we are excited about talking about. We, yeah. we tried to mix up the format a little bit with 
with our Friday the 13th Nintendo video game conversation and when we had uh, Michael May on from the Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash to talk about G.I. Joe toys. And those weren't even really rental rants, but we were just sort of using this, you know, sub series that we had created to have a chance to to talk about those things that are outside of a typical movie improv. Um, and, and so, yeah, just, you know, for the listeners out there, we're going to kind of take a little bit of a break and we're going to yeah. come back with our off week specials and we're going to formulate things a little bit differently so that not everything is a rant when, you know, it really isn't yeah, every single yeah. time. So we're, we're going to do some we're going to do some new things coming up here soon. So just like the Boogeyman's Closet took a little bit of a break, you know, it's nice to, to have a little bit of a breather and hopefully we'll come back strong. Absolutely. And with that, let's jump right in. So what I wanted to do, Mike, is I wanted to take the genre mashup of Big Trouble in Little China and tell the next tale of Jack Burton. We know that John Carpenter is not opposed to doing sequels. You know, he brought back Snake Plissken uh, for Escape from L.A., uh, another great Kurt Russell character. And I think that at the time... John Carpenter would not have been like such a big, you know, Hollywood act director that he could, you know, call his shots and make whatever he wanted. I mean, after Big Trouble in Little China, he made Prince of Darkness and then They Live and like they weren't exactly like blockbuster hits, you know. Yeah. Uh, but they were right in the line of where he was coming from, you know, artistically. Like They Live is another example of a weird, you know, genre mashup where it's like, yeah, it's a sci-fi story, but there's all these other elements that are mixed in there as well. And I thought it would be really cool if we took Jack Burton and we put him in a different setting. He was in Chinatown and it's like, well, where else can he go? And I think that the, the obvious uh, choice just from the title of the movie, just like we had Escape from New York and then Escape from LA. Well, we'd have Big Trouble in Little China and then we do Big Trouble in Little Italy. Totally agree. I love it. <laughs> love it. So I want to take Jack Burton and I want to smash him up against some New York, like Italian mafia family guys and see what kind of craziness comes out of that. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I think it would be fun, but while still keeping in mind like the genre mashup, right? And and not just one plus two, but you know, again with the like with the Chinatown movie, it's you know it's a comedy, it's an action, it's a sci-fi, it's a western, it's supernatural, it's martial <laughs> arts, it's fucking everything. And it's like, how do we do that? But we, you know, it's like you know, Big Trouble in Little China, Jack Burton meets like Goodfellas, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so I, I have I have a I have a, a seed idea. Um. First of all, I want to know, do we want to like base this because in, in, in the 80s and 90s, there there was the, the fucking what is it? The second mafia war they talk about, uh, like actually mm. happening in New York. <laughs> so yeah. there, there like actually was like crime families like killing each other and putting hits out on each other, like through the through the 80s and, and into the early 90s. Um, so if we had Jack in in, you know, New York, like in Little Italy in New York. Um, there might be like two warring crime families, <laughs> like, cause that really was happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I think that that's a good, uh, like frying pan to throw Jack Burton into, uh, right. I think that'd be fun. And just at the time in terms of like what was happening in like Hollywood and with storytelling, you know, Big Trouble in Little China comes out in 1986. If we fast forward a couple of years, you know, we kind of look and see what was uh, John Carpenter doing, what was Kurt Russell doing. And there's a little bit of like a pocket right in 1989, 1990, where a sequel to Big Trouble could have come out. And at that same time, 
1990, we had Miller's Crossing and Goodfellas and um, The Godfather Part Three. And in the 80s, there weren't a ton of like mobster movies, but we did get Once Upon a Time and uh, was it Once Upon a Time in America, the name of that movie. And uh, Scarface obviously was 83, so it's going back a little bit further, but it hadn't yet really exploded with the the trend of the mafia movies being like the big Hollywood thing, like with Casino and Bronx Tale and even stuff like Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, you know. Um, right. So I think that there's a really good uh opportunity to sort of slot in uh, a, a cool like mobster movie right at the beginning of this trend of you know mafia movies in the 90s and much the same way that hollywood always tends to put out like the same types of movies at the same time you know right. and the armageddon deep impact uh, effect you know um <laughs> So I think the timing works really well. Yeah, 1990. And hopefully I have to like look at the history. We can kind of get ahead of the real life, you know, right. uh, some of the real life wars that were kind of kind of going on. Um, but, yeah, I think hitting theaters around the same time as, you know, Scorsese's Goodfellas with Big Trouble in <laughs> Little Italy would be fucking hilarious. That would be awesome. <laughs> so, well, OK, so here's here's the idea. I, I, I think like, you know, just just because I know there in in real life there was a lot of like murder and mayhem. Why don't we just kind of do like the fictional crime families? Um, and we'll say like there there are two two major crime families, uh, you know, competing for for power, you know. But the 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 idea that I want I, I wanted to throw at you and see what you thought is to have a third crime family who's kind of like the nobodies, you know, they're kind of like low down on the rungs. But sure. they're they're taking the opportunity while the big dogs are fighting to start taking shit over. Uh, but they have a reason why they're able to do that. Maybe they have some high tech gear and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, OK, sure. But I feel like that would be the one that Burton would get caught up with, like because they, they're they're kind of. They're kind of the, the 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 schlubs, like so. Maybe they screw up. Maybe they try to like hijack his. They they try to steal the pork chop express. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know? he's always and, losing that truck. <laughs> right, and, and and he gets caught up with that. So I figured that would be like a, a way to get the ball rolling. Yeah, I totally agree. So, and we we didn't bother to go into any kind of a um, summary of the plot of Big Trouble in Little China. Hell, anyone listening to the show, <laughs> if you're you know, <laughs> the same age as us, if you're into the VHS era type stuff, or if you saw the title of the episode and wanted in on the party, you probably already understand what was going on. But you know, real quick, Jack Burton is a like a long haul a trucker. Uh, he was hauling actual like live pigs to Chinatown at the beginning mm -hmm. of the the Big Trouble in Little China movie. And he clearly, you know, was doing this often enough where he knew folks there in Chinatown. And, you know, he was a brash, hard partying, you know, gambling, hard drinking kind of a dude, you know, just a good old American boy having a good time in Chinatown. Um, mm -hmm. But then at the end of the movie, after he goes through all that weird, like supernatural uh, madness, you know, he's back in the truck. He's on his CB telling stories to whoever's out there listening, driving as fast as he can in the rain. You know, because he likes the danger of it, I guess. And he was just, you know, on the open road like he didn't even kiss the girl goodbye, you know. Yep. Which I still think is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> See, I kind of loved it. I, I kind of it had that Han Solo moment of like the I love you. I know. <laughs> like yeah, I, I was like, like yeah. You still like planted it. planted one on Kim Cattrall. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, so I think it's cool. It, it, you know, what if he's just like, you know, try, that was fun, but I'm going to take my money and I'm going to get out of Dodge and, you know, take a take a different job, head on across the country. Uh, a couple of years later, you know, he's crisscrossing the U.S. He ends up in New York. Yeah, so, you know, a, a similar setup. It doesn't have to be anything super complicated, but, you know, we have him. He's hauling something into what we'll just refer to as Little Italy. I'm not from New York City. I, I'm not, not that familiar, you know, with the layout, but I also don't want to specifically pick on or um or even sort of turn into a cartoon or whatever any specific area of the city you know i don't want to say hey this is definitely happening in the bronx or whatever because i don't exactly know so i think we're just we're just keeping it as sort of a general like there is a little italy in new york and let's just leave it as nebulous as that uh, i think for now would be safe I feel that that's the best route to go. Like much like with the the crime family thing, just kind of keep it, keep it fictitious. Yeah, I agree. And just like we did with our, um, our, our uh, snakes and ladders episode where, you know, I want to be able to take some of, some of the concepts, but not, you know, I don't, don't take it too seriously out there guys like don't Mm -hmm. you know we're not here to try to offend anybody you know i I don't want to uh revel in any sort of like ugly italian american stereotypes like that's not what i want to do but i i think that there are are there are mafia movie stereotypes that i think are fair game that we can kind of play with you know oh absolutely they don't even necessarily all have to be italian characters little italy is just the thing that that it's the next thing i think of when i think little little china little italy you know it's a sort of you know an ethnic enclave in a much larger you know u.s city where you know these uh these folks of a you know shared heritage get to you know to sort of stay together but just like in chinatown and just just like in the movie in big trouble where it, it wasn't just Chinese folks. So there was Japanese folks and, and, and uh, people from the Philippines and, you know, all, it was all, you know, different uh, heritages and nationalities kind of mixed together. I live in Austin. We have a little Chinatown and most of it's Vietnamese actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, but it's just sort of like a, and, and, and even with little Italy, like, you know, Italy wasn't a united you know nation until not that long ago. So it's a lot, a lot of different like uh, backgrounds and ethnicities and whatnot. So yeah, I don't want to pick on anyone in particular, but at the same time, because we're t- talking about, you know, movie stereotypes, we probably should come up with a couple of names. The names, I'm I'm thinking of at least one name just because I think it's kind of a funny name. But again, I'm not trying to pick at anybody because it is an Italian name. So just want to throw those things out there. A couple of disclaimers at the beginning, you know, yeah. so we don't uh, we don't, uh, you know, offend anybody uh, inadvertently. Absolutely. So I think I, I like the idea of. Jack gets in the middle of something he's not supposed to be in the middle of. Hell, maybe he even brings in a shipment of something. He doesn't even know what it is. You know, he was just shipping it in from Jersey or whatever, you know. Um, And hell, that could even be what's happening here. We have these two, like, incumbent, like, New York crime families. You know, they're – hell, they don't even necessarily have to both be Italian, you know. Um, Mm. But uh, now maybe there's this, you know, this other family, very Sopranos style. Like, they're from Jersey, but they're, like, you know, getting their foothold in the big city, you know, and they're trying taken over territory that that the the other two families are not really paying attention to because they're caught up in their war and uh maybe that's what this is is you know here comes jack rolling in from you know from south jersey and he's hauling something that whatever they paid him for he doesn't care you know and right. uh he does he doesn't know what it really is but of course you know obviously you do <laughs> <laughs> well see I, I was thinking that that he wouldn't be hauling that what i what i was thinking is, is like the the reason he gets caught in this is like so let, let let's say I mean hell it could even it could be other livestock it could be you know just meat something like that 
but he's hauling it in and this like this the small crime family you know not only takes the truck but like you know basically beats the shit out of jack and leaves him kind of thing like so now he's like what the fuck but they're the up-and-comers trying to like get their claws into you know the bigger piece of the pie sure while the, the the two giants are fighting each other and they're not paying attention to what's happening in their own backyard um but you know as we we discussed off the air like big trouble in little china has all that mysticism and all that so what is the next logical step like if we're not going to have the the like magic and mysticism where do we go it has to be something science fiction you know, so it has to be some kind of sci-fi oh, yeah. bent to this. Um, okay. So, it, yeah, I mean, it, let's not bury the lead here. They're, they're going to have alien weaponry. Okay. <laughs> so, so that's <laughs> nice. why this this third, like, small crime family is actually making some, some headway is because they got some high-tech gear. So, nice. and we'll find out, you know, where that leads. But, um so my thought is, so so Jack comes rolling into Little Italy with his his truck full of whatever. You know, he brings it to where he's supposed to, like whatever warehouse he's supposed to bring it to, gets out, waits for the people to unload it. He ends up getting held up at gunpoint. You know, and maybe it's like some weird, like, you know, men in black style, like cricket looking gun, like some weird little ray gun. <laughs> and he's like, what the hell is that going to do? And they shoot like a car and have it fucking explode. He's like, all right, you know, backs <laughs> right. off. Um, so, so maybe like while this is happening, they're like, have like one member of like one of the two big crime families that was supposed to be there to pick up the shipment. And cause you gotta have a sidekick character. You gotta have somebody that's going to like, Jack is going to see this world through their eyes. And I know we kind of did a fan casting with GI Joe. And the only one I can think of to have this type of role is Joe Pesci. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you, you got to have this because, I mean, come on, Lethal Weapon taught us that Like, he, he plays <laughs> yeah. a great, annoying sidekick character. <laughs> so maybe he's like the cousin of one of like the, the higher ups in one of these two crime families. And uh, oh, my God. OK, well, if he's the cousin, he's got to be named Vinny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that just clicked when I said yep. that. Cousin Vinny, go for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So cousin Vinny. So he's there to, like, pick everything up and he sees like these you know, these freaking hooligans robbing the truck. And he's like, what the fuck? So maybe he tries to like, you know, be the big man and get in there with like, you know, an actual gun. And they just start fucking shooting lasers at him. And he's like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. And runs <laughs> off, you know, and then these two mafiosos get in the truck and take off with the pork chop express and the load of goods. So now Jack's like, what the fuck just happened? You know, Vinny's like, come with me, you know, and he takes him off. And then now Jack is caught up in the, the seedy underbelly of the, the crime families going on in New York, but with questions of how the, how did they have ray guns? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, no, that, that's awesome. I, oh, I love it. That, that, that's a great action piece to get us started too. And we can jump in really, really fast. So, okay. So uh, let's establish a couple of names just so as we go forward, like we're not just saying like, you know, New York versus Jersey or upstarts versus old family or whatever. Right. Right. Gotta, right. Have, gotta have some names. So um <laughs> I was working uh, today and I was sending an email actually to uh, one of my customers in uh, Milan in Italy and his name was Luigi Puglisi, which I think is a great name. And it yeah. reminded me that I I know I went to school with some people with that same last name, Puglisi, when I was younger. And I have 
I again, I'm not trying to pick anyone named Puglisi, but like when I was thinking about mafia names just now and just having today talked to somebody named Luigi Puglisi, I'm like, I fucking <laughs> first of all, I fucking love that name, but also, yep. right? So imagine that, like, uh, that th- th- this is like the head of the family, right? His name is like mm-hmm. Luigi Puglisi, but uh, but this cousin, cousin Vinny, let, let's have him. Instead, of, I think I think it'd be funny. Like instead of having his name be Pesci, it was Puglisi. What if what if he's been, what if he's Vinny the Pug? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that makes perfect sense because he's a little dude. Yeah, exactly. Like Exactly right. So you know he's Vinnie Puglisi. He's Vinnie the Pug, as they call him, because he's like a little dude. But it's funny because what we're gonna find out. What I what I want to do, if you're on board, is let's find out that. So the Puglisi's are like one of the big families. Hell, that's it'd be funny if the other one was the Pesci's. You know, <laughs> right? Right. So you have like the Puglisi's and the Pesci's, like kind of at war with each other. And yeah, so here comes Vinnie the Pug, and he's gonna rush in because he's like he's here to like meet the shipment. And there's this other crew there with these weird like sci-fi guns like you said right and they Mm -hmm. they they take the they don't just take the shipment they take the whole fucking truck and you know and then now you know jack burton's of course he's going to be like what the hell guys and want to fight back but now he's another running from laser shots and yeah (laughs) they're going to hold he's going to hold up with with vinnie the pug and we're going to find out that uh Vinny is like the son of like the big boss but he's like the younger son that like nobody believes in right that nobody <laughs> thinks that he's gonna amount to amount to anything because his older brother you know whatever his name is he's gonna he's like the heir to the throne like you know big tony or whatever it's like yeah. heir to the throne and like little Vinny the pug ain't shit so he's out here trying to make a name for himself with his like little crew of like street thugs or you know like uh the guys aren't aren't made yet who are trying to all make a name for themselves and that's their whole crew you know they're right. they're the little yippy dogs <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that's it makes sense like that's why his you know he was given this job because it's literally just picking up a shipment of wares you know mm-hmm. down at the docks or whatever <laughs> you know, it's like yeah he's just he's down there picking up some goods like it's a simple fetch quest and yeah. it turns into this insane you know laser heist <laughs> yeah exactly right so i think th- this would be fun where like uh, I'm just thinking in broad strokes for a second, right? Because we got to mm. get we got if we're if we're going to go with the name the Pesci's for the other family, we got to get them involved as well. And I, I want I want to kind of play it off where it's like we have these two families; they're already at war. The warrior is already underway, or you know, the struggle when the movie starts. And mm-hmm. maybe that's why you know Vinny the Pug was down there uh, getting the shipment himself. Was again him trying to prove himself. He's like, oh, it's dangerous down there, you know, in the meatpacking district or whatever. Like, I'm gonna go myself with my with my boys, and we'll show them, we'll get it, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? We can have we can throw some dialogue in so we can kind of explain like why is the boss's kid is going to do this. Um, but then on the at, and then we have to have them. Maybe does does Vinny the Pug does he recognize that these like laser gun fighting dudes are like a third? party or does he just assume that they're the pesci's and like it's like a mistaken identity thing i i think that the best way is to have him be like he does like he doesn't recognize them and then when he tries to tell the story to like you know the higher ups like to his dad and all that tries to tell the story they're like well of course it was the pesci's what are you talking about like they just got some hired guns that's all it you know and basically they don't believe it so now they're planning to to strike hard against the Pesci's who hadn't done anything yet. So it's basically going to create this distraction for, for like the big boys while these little guys are still running around doing shit to, to little Italy. Like they're taking over shit on under the radar. So maybe Vinny and his crew are the only ones that know 
this is really happening. And they're like, we don't have any help right now. Like they're, they're too busy battling it out between themselves. It's just us. It's on us, Jack. We got to take care of it. And yeah, then maybe, okay. maybe Jack finds out that not only are they, you know, these guys like, they got fucking crazy laser weapons and they're trying to like undercut the big boys and take them out from the inside. But maybe they've already taken over like parts of Little Italy. So like, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's say like let's have them go to like a restaurant and talk things over. And we find out from like the family who runs the restaurant like, yeah, you know, they've been they've been hitting us for money and like we have to pay them a protection fee. And, uh, and we find out that this whole area has been like, you know, is under like the iron grip of these this weird like, you know, alien tech crew and so now Jack is finding out like all of these people are being fucked over by these guys. And that's of course going to get the whole hero thing going. He's like, well, you know, we got to take them down type. You know, he's they're They're fucking with the innocent people of this city. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's really cool. Okay. I love that. So I, I like this idea too, that, that Vinny the pug is kind of off on his own. Like, yeah, they, he, maybe he takes Jack to like meet his dad. You know, we meet like Papa Luigi and they try and tell him the story. Yeah. And then his dad is like, no, nah, that's bullshit. It's like you said, to your point, it's like these Pesci's and they just hired some goons down from Jersey up here to fuck with us. And because we wouldn't know that it's them, but I know it's really them. And uh, yeah. And, and maybe Vinny's like, no, 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 dad, I swear. Like, you know, it wasn't them. You know, they, they had these crazy weapons and or maybe they were all dressed a certain way or they all had, you know, some, something distinctive about them. He's like, you know, the, they were all wearing like red shirts or something, you know, whatever. And, yeah. um, uh, and yeah, to, like you said, uh, you know, Papa Luigi's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm going to he's like, I'm going to send, you know, Big Tony. He'll take care of it. You you couldn't do it. You know, you couldn't take care of it, Vinny. Like you you lost the shipment. I'll send Big Tony to, you know, take care of business since you you can't handle it, obviously, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, so, yeah. So maybe his older brother, like Big Tony, he's like, yeah, look, come on, crew. Like, let's let's go. And Vinny's like, no, no, I swear you, you're just going to make things worse. Start the war with the Pesci's or make it make the war even worse. And, you know, you got to listen to me, guys. And uh, but maybe Vinny and, you know, Jack just follow along because at this point, Jack is just like, what, what's going on? Like, just, just like when he got to Chinatown, like he spends the first half of the hour of the movie just going like, what was that? What was that? What was that? You know? <laughs> right. So, yeah. So Big Tony takes off with his crew and like Vinny the Pug and like is following behind and Jack's following him behind. Just like, well, someone's going to get in my truck, right? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> I just want the Pork Chop Express back. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, and yeah, so uh, maybe that's what it is. You know, Big Tony busts into like one of the Pesci's like little like restaurant hangouts they have. And he's like, you know, which one of you guys like, you know, you know, uh, boosted our truck or blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, it wasn't us. And yeah, yeah. And they have this whole standoff, this whole like machismo standoff. And, and, And maybe during this, you know maybe big Tony doesn't purposely like pull out a gun or a weapon, but like, you know, things get a little heated. Somebody, somebody, you know, fires a gun. Hell, it could even just be comical. Like, you know, someone gets knocked over, a gun falls out of his pocket, it goes off, but Oh shit. It just hit, you know, uh, uh, the, the Pesci crew leader, you know, in the, in the neck or whatever. Like I said, like, oh, oh fuck. Like, Oh, we just took down, you know, this Pesci guy in his own restaurant. Oh shit. You know? And, yeah. um, and, and, you know, and maybe we find out, you know, the Pesci's are going to freak out. They're going to like, you know, uh, death to the to the Puglisi's, get them out of here. So they're going to take off running. And, yeah, this is when we have, you know, v- Vinny is like, you know, 
whatever, Jack, come with me. Like, we're going to, you know, like I, I got a place to, to, to hold up, you know, we're going to go hide. And this yeah. is, this is, this is where we're going to get them. They're going to finally going to sit down and, and, and talk for a minute. And we're going to find out that like, Oh, like now we're in some real shit. I tried to tell my dad to leave it alone. He wouldn't leave things alone. He sent big Tony in there and they just shot like Sal Pesci in the throat, you know, and that's uh that's, you know, a big boss Pesci's cousin or something, you know, what and if, it's like, real, real quick. What, what if like, okay. Cause I, I, I love this idea, but one thing I just want to add is like, okay, so everybody thinks that Vinny the Pug is like this, you know, this little fuck up because he's he's a scrawny little dude. You know, he, he's he doesn't he doesn't exude uh, confidence in people. Um, but, but Big Tony, like, let's say he is like a big he's a big dude. Like he's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you look at him, he's intimidating. But what if he's really a fuck up? So what if, you know, when he's trying to talk to the the Pesci's and he's like, I know you guys took and like he goes to like brandish his gun, like to kind of be threatening and he drops it and it oh, goes okay. off. And so it's like, nah, 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 you know, like so <laughs> big Tony just kind of fucked up. But, you know, and and, re- and realistically, you know, Vinny the Pug is the one that would save the day type of thing. So now I, I love like, that. I like the idea of the, the dichotomy of like the little dude actually kind of knows what he's doing, but no one believes in him. And the big guy that everyone believes in is just a total fuck up. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Big Tony's like the, like the dumb jock, you know? That's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. I love it. Right. So they accidentally take out, you know, like cousin Sal, right. <laughs> Sal Pesci. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and now they're like, now they're in deep shit because, uh, you know, Tony, uh, Puglisi, big Tony Puglisi just, you know, killed, uh, boss Pesci's cousin. And they were already having a little bit of a fight. And now it's like, you know, it's a blood feud, you know, it's going to be war in the streets. And, uh, yeah. So Vinny takes Jack to kind of hold up and it's like a, this, it's a storefront, you know, and it's maybe it's one of these places where it's like, you know, he's supposed to be, you know, uh, getting like protection racket off of this because it's, this is like his street. It's like his territory, but he's actually, you know, he's sweet on like the shop girl, you know, the shop owner, you know, woman or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so that way, that way too, we get another, another one of the, the supporting cast. We can introduce, you know, this, this, uh, the shop owner, maybe it's a little, I don't know, maybe it's a florist, you know what I mean? I just, I don't know why I'm just randomly picking something that would still be like a mom and pop type shop, you know, in a big city yeah. like New York. Right. And uh, so they go to hole up at like the florist shop and he's like, yeah, he, you know, and Vinny the pug is like sweet on, you know, whatever the shop owner and, you know, but she doesn't want anything to do with him because he's like a gangster and he's like secretly not like taking any racket from her, you know, because, you know, he, he, because he has a crush on her, but maybe it, while Vinny is kind of explaining to Jack what's going on and Jack is getting pissed, like, yeah, no, we, you know, we gotta, we gotta, you know, go get these like uh, laser gun, you know, fucking dudes and like stop this fight before things get bad. And maybe this is when we find out like, the shop owner lady she's like you know um somehow it has to come up organically in conversation where she's like you know laser gun dudes you mean those guys have been coming in here like shaking me down you know and now Vinny's like they've been doing what you know yeah uh, so now not only was he pissed off that they took his stuff but now they're like messing with his girl you know right right yeah and like and like we could even have it where it's like maybe uh you know maybe because he like grew up in the area like so like so, so some of the like the older folks around there that that he like once he starts talking to everybody like you know everybody loves Vinny the pug in this area but like you know even though his 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 dad is the one that's kind of like feared and respected they all love Vinny you know so it's like he kind of grew up in the, in the in this little Italy area and like everybody knows him and it's not so much the paying uh 
you know, paying for protection as much as like he feels like part of the family. So now mm-hmm. when when this town or when this group is is fu- we need to come up with a name for this third group. Um, but when they're fucking with uh, with, you know, Vinny's folks <laughs> like now he's pissed because not only his girl, but it's like his friends and like the people that he grew up with. And now he's like, no, 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 we got to take this shit down. And, you know, Jack's just like, I just want my fucking truck back. <laughs> just, yeah. The whole time course. he's just like, when are we going to talk about my truck? Someone, right. please. <laughs> Oh, dude. Okay, hold on. I, I I just got a quick quick idea. Let's let's backtrack to the to the opening fight, right? So the the two mafiosos of this this third group. What do we want to call them? Let, let, let's let's get that real quick because we got the Pesci's and the Puglisi's. So what do we want to call this third group? Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking up like just looking up like mobster movies on IMDb because I want to try to take the name from something like we did with Pesci. You know what I mean? Again, not to yeah. kind of like you kind of picking anybody. You know, fuck, we can call them like the De Niro's or the the Palmenteries or you know the, <laughs> the Scorsese's. <laughs> yeah, the there we go. We will call them the Machios. Shit, fuck the, it. Why not? The, the Machios. Yeah, there's the a fucking Machios. <laughs> <laughs> um. So okay. So what if like I'm I'm picturing them like wearing like like flashy almost like like silver gray suits. You know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> of course I just I just realized that fucking you know Ralph Macchio from the Credit Kid like you know uh, Daniel son was from Jersey you know. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Perfect. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so this third family is from Jersey. Um, but what if like. When, you know, they shoot the laser guns at him, you know, Vinny and, and his crew and Jack take off running like they run for cover. These guys pile into the Pork Chop Express and start driving. And then the fucking whole truck just disappears like it teleports. And Jack's like, what the fuck happened to my oh, truck? Nice. Like, like, yeah. So, I mean, because <laughs> nice. this will play into it later. Like we find out more and more about their tech, like what they have. But like, yeah, like they literally just heisted an entire truck into thin air. <laughs> like, oh, that's perfect. So, so yeah, so now we, we fast forward to like, they they find out that the Machos have been, been shaken down Vinny's people, you know, so Vinny's like, you know, we're going to get these bastards back. Jack's like, as long as we get my truck too, and it better be in one piece, damn it. It disappeared into thin air. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good good Jack Burton impression. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To your point too, I really, really like the idea too, that Vinny the pug is like, uh, yeah, I, this is great because he was like the boss's like son, but he's the boss's like little son, the little torpy son. Yeah. And he grew up in this neighborhood and it's like everyone loves him in this neighborhood. And I think of him as being like uh, like the main character from the Bronx Tale. Right. A little yeah. collo- little collogero, little C, where it was like everyone in the neighborhood loved little C, and he, you know, and he would hang out and, you know, and he would do favors for the older guys. And it was like he was a boss's kid, but he wasn't really ever expected to be part of the business because, you know, he's the maybe he's a much younger son, you know, that yeah. kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, so now he's like supposed to be in charge of this like street, like this is his territory, and these are all the shops that he's supposed to be like you know collecting from. But he doesn't really do it because these are all people he grew up with. You know, these are you know the girl he had a crush on growing up, and like you know the the auntie next door, you know who like runs the grocer or whatever. And so you know he maybe that's part of why he's running around you know going picking up shipments on his own because he's like you know I he's got I got to pay up and I but I'm not collecting from any of these shops, so I got to get my money. From <laughs> somewhere like we're boosting trucks or whatever like he's on the street like working hard you know right. so he's he's a real hard working kind of a guy he's not the spoiled son like me like the big doofus big tony, <laughs> big tony. <laughs> <laughs> 
But what this does is it gives us a whole neighborhood of people who are like, you know, you know, he finally he finds out from, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, Rita. He finds out from Rita, you know, the florist that like, hey, these guys have been shaking me down. Vinny, I didn't want to say anything because they look so dangerous. They got these crazy weapons. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And then, you know, maybe they go and they talk to, you know, like the 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 butcher next door and he's like uh yeah Vinny you know they told me I couldn't say nothing you know and it's like now he's like oh shit this whole you know neighborhood of people that were relying on him that they love him and he loves them and they've been keeping the secret behind his whole back that this crew the machos they took over his whole territory and he didn't even know ah okay yeah 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 so now he's real he's really invested in this right Mm -hmm. uh so jack wants his truck back Vinny wants his like territory his neighborhood back and yeah so they got to find these jokers dig it all right so now are we going to have them go to jersey or are we going to have uh wait for the for the next like heist to happen yeah, no, I think we should. I think maybe they should try to stage a heist, right? To to draw them ah, out. Okay, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in the middle of this war, while the the Pesci's and the Puglisi's are you know, are going at it over you know the death of uh, Sal and they're trying to like you know get Big Tony out of hiding or whatever, you know, and maybe Vinny he he can't go to his dad for help. His dad already you know didn't believe him in the first place. They screwed everything up. Now they're all like you know they they're laying low. You know, and so he's like, we're on our own, Jack, you know, <laughs> right? And, and so maybe that's what they do. Maybe they decide like, OK, so we were bringing in a shipment of let's try to figure out what it is like they're bringing a shipment of something that the Machios wanted. Was it just because it was a shipment, period? And it doesn't matter what it was. It was just money and it, they were taking things over. Or was there something specific in the shipment? The reason I ask is because we need some bait, you know? Yeah. Um. You know, honestly, I kind of like the idea of it being meat, and, I, and I'll get to that. Uh, okay. But yeah, so let's say let's say Jack is still delivering meat. Like it's maybe it's not livestock this time. Maybe it's just like a you know a freaking cargo load of like butchered you know butchered pig, you know, or mm-hmm. butchered beef or whatever. And um and they they still and like maybe that's part of the thing. Like Jack said, what the hell do they want with that much meat? Like you know what what's going on here? So whatever the reason is, like maybe they talk to when they talk to the butcher, maybe they're like he didn't want money. They're just taking meat from him. And he's like, what the hell? Like, why do they want all that meat? Okay. So, yeah, let's yeah. have this thing like what like, uh, you know, there, there's a, a shipment coming in at the docks or something like that. Like maybe oh. it, it's, it's a bunch of livestock. Yeah, yeah, that, that's good. No, that's good. I like that, right? So maybe they have to have they have to have a little bit of a fetch quest first, where they're like, okay, so we need another truck. Like we got to get, like, we need, uh, you know, we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna bring in like a dummy, like like a bait truck, you know, into our territory. Like we're bringing in a big shipment of like you know whole cows or whatever to like the butcher shop there on on in the little Italy on the street where you know the, the, where Vinny is, um, and. But, of course, now they have to say, OK, so we lost the Pork Drop Express. We need a truck and we need like a big refrigerated uh, you know, trailer. Right. Mm-hmm. So this could just be a, a little a little like side quest, fetch quest where now they have. So they're like, well, how are we going to get one? And, of course, Vinny the Pug's like, duh, like we steal one. You know? <laughs> yeah, we we got to go into the Pesci's territory so yeah. we, we could have a little gunfight, a little gunplay with some other mobsters. Yeah, exactly. Right. And we could even get to a point where they're like, well, you know, where's the the only place in town I know where we can get a refrigerated trailer like that is, you know, is whatever, you know, this uh, this trucking depot. But that's, you know, owned by the Pesci's. And, of course, Jack's like, well, what are we still here for? Let's go. You know, (laughs) what are we what are we sitting around John for? (laughs) Exactly. 
and they take off and they go to steal the trailer, uh, the, the, the truck and the trailer like together. Uh, and you know, yeah, the Pesci's are going to, you know, come out and be like, Hey, you stop, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And of course, you know, someone's going to recognize Finney. They'll have a little bit of a standoff, but then they're going to haul off with the truck. But just like in Big Trouble in Little China, it seemed like everybody was coming out of the freaking wood, woodwork and chasing these dudes around all the time. So let's have it so that, like, they take off with the truck so they can go set the bait. But now the Pesci's are on their trail. You know, maybe not necessarily, like, literally running after them. But, like, now they have to worry about, oh, the Pesci's are going to pop about when we least expect them, you know? Right. No, I dig that. So, yeah. So the, the idea I'm thinking, like, when they set up the, the bait is to, like, actually have – because I'm picturing the scene that's – to me, it's hilarious – to actually have like Vinny, like maybe one or two of his men and Jack, like hiding in the back of the truck with the shipment, like gonna they want to be <laughs> nice. taken to to the Machio's lair, you know. But I, I, I'm picturing them like all sitting behind like pallets of meat, just shivering, like this better work, you know. That whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe they're trying to like play a card game and it's like the <laughs> cards are like cracking in half or whatever, something really like funny. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, that, I think that would be awesome. So <laughs> just like got any fours. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And like I can I can picture Joe Pesci playing this, like just pulling his suit coat around his shoulders, just chattering his teeth. Like it just I don't know. That that to me is very cartoonish and comical. Yeah, it's very much like his character from Home Alone too, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. which you know, around around the same time as well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, so this is great. So they 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 make themselves bait inside the bait truck so they can get into the the Machio's lair, but like of course it has to be something that they're totally not expecting. Like they're expecting that the truck's going to stop. Like they, they're listening they hear the driver walk away and they're like, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's sneak out. And they go to open up the back. And of course they're expecting it to be a warehouse, a trucking depot, a garage, but instead it's some kind of like hanger, you know, or yes. something where something it's totally like, it could even just be something like, you know, in like something human. Right. But it's like, where are we? Why are we in this like airplane hanger, <laughs> you know, or, right. Or maybe it's on maybe it's on an airplane hangar. Maybe it's like a, an abandoned you know subway station, or just some strange place where it's like, why would they bring a truck full of like half cows here? <laughs> right. <laughs> See that I'm picturing like okay, so like you know we'll have we'll have them you know get brought to the wherever the delivery point was. Um, you know, of course the machios took the bait. We we you know hear the the kerfuffle outside like oh get out of the truck you know we're taking it blah 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 so you know the 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 driver you know being in on it he gets away like okay no i don't want any trouble he gets away the machos get in the truck and then you know they're they're waiting like okay this is it thinking like we're gonna jump these guys but when they jump out the truck has already been teleported to its location oh nice yeah what i'm yeah so what i'm picturing is like picture like like you said a hangar but like all white walls, white floors, just like it vaguely looks like an airplane hangar, but it looks slightly wrong. Like it just doesn't quite look like it's like a, like a dirty airplane hangar, but it's mm-hmm. in the same kind of shape and style. Like, where are we? Oh, like, oh, you know, you know what would be really cool, too, because we got to start putting some like gory shit in here is like, mm-hmm. what if like 
Yeah. What if there's this like glowing circle around the truck, like vaguely kind of hot or like hot looking, you know, mm-hmm. like the, te- the, te- the teleportation was like a big ball of heat or, you know, it was burning or whatever. And on the edge of it, they see like the legs of like some dude, like the top half of him is like just cauterized, burned right off. And Vinny recognizes it was the driver. He says something like, oh, it's little Polly. What happened? You know, and it's like <laughs> it, it was like dude was trying to run away and they just like turned, they just teleported the truck like they didn't give a shit and they just like fucking sliced this dude in half yeah oh shit (laughs) (laughs) that's fucked up (laughs) so yeah so like so they they, you know they get out and they're like what the fuck where are we so you know they got so let's let's have like i don't know like three thugs with with vinny so like he's got three guys Mm -hmm. with him so it's total of five of them and you know jack's got his gun and his knife and they kind of start creeping out into the area and we just see like you know it's it's this really big like windowless area, all white walls, all that trying to figure out what the fuck they're seeing. And let's have like this be the, the reveal where we start seeing some of the alien tech. Yeah. So okay. maybe we, we, they go through a room. It's like a storage room and I want to have a few things in there. I, I definitely want to want to like nods for people who are paying attention. So like have a box of black sunglasses. So like, <laughs> they live. Nice. Yeah, you know, like, perfect. so maybe there's like a lot of heisted stuff in this room, too. Um, So like a box of black sunglasses have like the the Arctic Expedition crate, the infamous <laughs> crate that's from Creepshow and from, right. <laughs> you know, Friday the 13th, nine, like, you know, yep. have the, the carpenter crate. Um, yep. So like have a couple of things and like weird, like silvery ray guns on the wall. And maybe this is where like, you know, Jack and the Hell. others. Sorry, okay. Quick. They should have like the whole car from Christine, you know. <laughs> that fuck uh, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. The the haunted like red car. I forget what it was. The old some old Chevy or whatever. Like it's, right. yeah, <laughs> like just shit like that. Like all this like uh, like John Carpenter movie paraphernalia stuff. Just kind of like they're walking by and they're like, yeah, this whole place is like just jam packed <laughs> full of like you know loot. You know what I mean? Like yeah. But all but maybe at some point too they have to jump out of the way and hide in one of these little side rooms because they start to see like the the the, the half cows or whatever from the truck that they were on they start like floating down the hallway you know yes. like like they're going somewhere something is unloading them with like you know telekinesis or whatever you know <laughs> well, and that's the thing what i was thinking is like that they they could they could have an alien in this place like that that's why they needed all that meat is they're feeding it and it's giving them technology like it's trapped here let's say it's stranded on earth and it's just nice. it made a deal with like the head of the the Machio family which for some reason I'm picturing being played by John Turturro but like, <laughs> that'd be perfect yeah yeah he just kind of seems like that weaselly kind of you know especially in the 80s because he wasn't as grizzled yet. Yeah, um, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what if uh, you know this? So this alien, like, it let's say it fucking crashed in Jersey. Yeah, and it's like they they you know they went and like looted the the this uh, the um, UFO, but they found this alien is still alive, and now it's trapped here, and it's kind of calling the shots, but it's it's letting them get what kind of earthly power they want. So they want territory, and it's like. Whatever, you know, I'm in reality, I'm just growing stronger and eventually I'm going to eat all you fuckers, you know, but here, <laughs> here's some ray guns. Go play your little war games. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So, so I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, it's like an sorry. alien crime boss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So the crime boss thing. I was thinking like Kingpin and then I was thinking like alien Kingpin. And somehow I don't know how my brain works, but like I thought of like Chet from 
uh, fucking weird science, you yes. know, where <laughs> I was thinking of a blobby type guy too. Yeah. Or like a job of the hut looking kind of a dude, like where he's like so big and he has to eat all this meat. But like, unlike job of the hut, like he's got like this, like telekinetic power. The problem is that like, he can't like, maybe he can't see like outside the ship that he's in, you know, he's got limited, you know, uh, uh, limited range to see or he, you know, maybe he's got some cameras but again he crashed you know underground or you know into i, I don't know he's in or since some old like factory in the middle of nowhere some abandoned you know industrial plant somewhere in jersey's where he's crashed and so he's kind of trapped there yeah and it's like the the machos were coming over to like check out the crash and like they were gonna uh like i said they were gonna like loot the ship and they get in there and there's this crazy alien and at, for, at first they were gonna be like oh like kill this weird fuck you know he looks like a pile of turds you know and, and then <laughs> but then all of a sudden like you know crazy alien dude like you know snapped somebody's neck you know like like 11 from stranger things and they were just like oh shit okay uh mr alien sir you know <laughs> <laughs> right let's, right let's make a deal you know <laughs> um, definitely and, yeah, and so, like, yeah, it, it could give them like the teleportation tech and all that kind of stuff so they they let, let's say where it originally crashed was like some kind of like abandoned subway like you had mentioned but mm-hmm. they start teleporting all these materials down under there and creating this layer to his specifications there you go so it's yeah. so like maybe that's why it looks so it looks familiar but kind of not like it, it yeah. looks like you know like why is it i don't know like i just i'm picturing like um kind of like the, the underground layer and they live where it was like yeah. these concrete tunnels, but also kind of looked odd, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it's been like, he's been using this as an opportunity. Like I got to fix my ship, but now I have all these like humans to do my bidding. So like, you know, b- bring me lots of cows to eat. And, you know, you know, yeah. you know he, he doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about being like physically fit or whatever. He's a big fat slobby alien who can move shit with his brain. But yeah, but he's also like, but they're br- maybe at first they were just bringing him materials like, Hey, we're going to fix the ship. But then, as they were going along, they're like, well, you need a whole bunch of like steel. Okay, fine. Like we'll go like rob this construction, you know, uh, site. But then he's like, well, maybe the alien dude is like, well, why do you need all that? Like uh, fiber optic cable? Why do you need all that concrete or whatever? And they're just like, well, we, Hey, we got, we got a business to run, you know? <laughs> and mm-hmm. maybe this is, maybe the, the alien himself starts to get these, like, you know, uh, he starts thinking beyond just fixing his ship to like, Oh, well, you know, there could be something here. You know, I got this whole army of dudes who are willing to just go out and do whatever I want. And they're obviously creative. And, you know, he's starting to think like, you know, empire on earth, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so he's he's, really the third crime boss. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, and, uh, you know, John Turturro, you know, like boss Macchio is kind of, you know, he thinks he's in charge kind of doing what he wants, but all the while he thinks he's just helping this alien because alien dudes giving him crazy laser weapons and they can take over New York and, you know, tomorrow the world, but you know, all the while the alien dudes just like, whatever, man, just keep bringing me cows and, and, and material and I'm going to rebuild my ship. But you know, what, you know, what you don't know is that my ship is now going to be a giant robotic spider. <laughs> The third act giant spider. Exactly. Exactly. Right. The third act giant spider is going to like lift up out of the ground in this like factory in Jersey and go stomping off down the turnpike to like not, you know, to way waste to New York. And now we've got a fucking kaiju movie mixed in some for some reason. Oh, my God, dude. Yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. All right. So. So, yes. OK, so this is like the second act in Big Trouble in Little China where they, they're like in Lopan's lair. And we're seeing all the crazy shit before they have to come back for the for the big, you know, the final battle. So, yeah. 
So mm-hmm. <laughs> they're down in the uh, in the alien lair, you know. They're and maybe and maybe this is where they they overhear they overhear uh you know boss uh, boss Machio talking to, to I don't know <laughs> Glorgax the alien. <laughs> you, know, so, so, you, know. you know what? Let's call him a uh, uh, is it guy Gary Gygax? Is that the guy yeah. that mentioned Dungeons and Dragons? Like <laughs> and, and that was and that was where Psycho Gorman was from. So Gygax. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> so so boss Gygax, <laughs> you know. But, uh, but no, he's uh, so they they oversee or they they overhear this and then they see the fucking alien, and maybe like maybe the alien senses them and like you know tells them like they're intruders. So now they have to fight their way out of this lair. So now it's basically there's only the one alien, but you know he's got this army of macho mafiosos. <laughs> so like <laughs> you got Jack, Vinny, and his his three thugs like running through this crazy labyrinthine, like underground facility mm. where like these guys have ray guns and maybe like we could have like, you know, s- some weird, like alien style exo suits. You got like guys stomping around and like robot looking things. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> nice. Crazy laser fight. Right. They eventually like find one of the teleporters. They have no idea how it works and like they use it and let's have them like, I don't know, like, teleport uh, like in the middle of the Brooklyn bridge or something, just be like, ah, you know, traffic coming at them every which way. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so it's like they escape, but they have no idea like what the hell is going on. There's a fucking alien. Like the Machios are, are stealing all this stuff from everywhere. They're actually creating like this, uh, this big underground armory, like, holy crap, we got to warn my dad. And of course, Luigi's not going to believe him. So, we have we have all that happening, like, but maybe what the what ends up happening, uh, like for the third act, like you said, have this fucking, you know, Gygax was like, ha ha, you humans have given me everything I need and have the giant spider mech like rise up. And now we have the uh, the, the the Pesci's and the Puglisi's have to, like, help each other take down this alien kaiju. <laughs> yeah, I love it. No, I'm glad you said that, too, because I was totally expecting the Puglisi's and the Pesci's to have to, like, put the differences aside and, like, team up, right, against right. Uh, the aliens. So so here, this is cool. So you said like, they kind of, like, accidentally figure out how to teleport themselves out of there, but they end up, like you said, in the middle of, like, the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> but maybe while they did that, right, they were, like, they were inside, like, one of those um, – I don't know. Should they take the pork chop express with them? Maybe at this point, like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's like, so, but maybe now they're in like one of those storerooms or whatever. Right. So they kind of have just random crap all over the bridge, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so I think, I think it'd be cool at this point. Like we don't have to repeat the same thing from the first movie and not have Jack get his truck back to the end. Maybe now he's like, cool, got my truck. See ya. But then he's like, no, no, like you've got to help me. Like we got to get some of this, you know, stuff like, you know, back to my, my dad, we can show him the proof that like there was this, you know, alien thing, like we'll take some of this weird weird stuff from that teleported here you know and he kind of like he has to give jack the whole speech of like you know be the hero jack you know win the day (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah so they so they go back to town and again Vinny once once again he's trying to tell his dad but like they're so busy with their fight his dad is like whatever i can't listen to you they go back to you know to the shop again the floor shop to kind of like what are we going to do like we got to regroup but now you have you know, maybe what what they walk right into is they walk into the florist shop like they're going to regroup. But what they find is that, oh, shit, all of any of the pugs friends from the street, like the butcher, the grocer, everybody, they're all like 
in this little florist shop and they're like, wait, what? And they turn around and they got Machios there. Like they took them all hostage because they were waiting. They knew that Vinny the Pug was going to come there. You know, they knew oh, where to, they okay. knew where to find him. Right. So now we've got Jack and Vinny and his couple of whatever his couple of goons maybe that are still alive. And they're they're trapped with all these like, you know, shop owners from the town. And we got to have one of the 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 Machio guys. It could be John Turturro. It could be somebody else. You know, someone that we've seen a face that we've seen before. You know, he's going to step forward and kind of explain a little bit what's going on. Like, oh, you know, you, you we know that you've seen Gygax. Like, you know, like whatever. Right. Like, <laughs> and, and, and kind of explain a little bit of what we just saw to Jack and Vinny and to the audience to kind of understand, you know, we got to have a little bit of a an exposition dump here but all the while you see like the butcher and the grocer just their hands are kind of up but they're kind of like edging to the side a little bit you see jack looking and he's you know trying to motion with his neck what you know something whatever the point is like you know pretty soon you're gonna you know machio guy giving the speech is gonna get clocked with like a cash register and then all the shop owners are gonna like jump on the machio guys you know hell yeah yeah, like so, fuck those dudes. But but also, more importantly, they're gonna take their fucking laser guns off of them, and then maybe they go out and you know they find like uh, oh yeah, maybe one of them, the butcher or whoever, is like yeah, you know they they came in this van out the back, like you know they got more guns out there. They go in the van, and, and there's a whole crate of these like exoskeleton weapons in there. And now Vinny and Jack are like fuck yeah, <laughs> you know like. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so now. What we get is we get, you know, now we can have Vinny and Jack be able to convince, you know, Papa Puglisi and like, you know, Boss Pesci that like, look, like I'm literally wearing like an alien, you know, mecha suit with a <laughs> laser gun. Do you believe me now, Dad? Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> have Big Tony be all jealous that he's, why does he get laser guns and I don't? <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should literally say that. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. But now, so yeah, so now you could finally get, you know, the Puglisi and Pesci, they shake hands. Like, we got to put our differences aside. You know, like, this is serious business. You know, and maybe at this point, when we start to see, like, it's like the like the Jurassic Park, like, you know, the water glass shakes, you know, boom, boom. Oh, yeah. Boom, you know, like, <laughs> something is coming. You know, and now the third act starts with, like, giant alien spider kaiju is attacking the city you know and we, it we, screams like godzilla for some reason <laughs> we could even have like you know they're, while they're having that meeting like you know you hear the thumping have one of the guys run and be like boss i think you better see what's on the tv <laughs> like have like <laughs> news reporting of, of like a giant metal spider you know approaching new york <laughs> just like kind of clomping through or approaching manhattan you know so you have it coming in and then have, uh, you know, the obviously, like we said, the, the Puglisi's and the Pesci's have to help each other with this newfound alien tech to try to take down the Machios and their giant spider. And I think I think a really cool fight sequence would be obviously, you know, we're, we're shooting mobsters left and right with laser guns. People are popping and weird, like cartoonish blood piles um, have also like, you know, goo flying around, <laughs> just crazy 80s. Spe sci-fi special yeah. effects oh yeah for sure but for sure I, like weird like yeah yeah goop and slime and glowing <laughs> shit and <laughs> yeah and i think the way we take down the giant spider is you, you would and you kind of you kind of gave me this earlier when you were talking about the teleportation what if jack takes the pork chop express drives right at one of the legs of the spiders and teleports and rips off its leg so it like oh, topples nice. it down so then, like, you know, they're like, it's down, get it. They all go run it in and, like, swarm the giant spider and just start, uh, like, blowing the shit out of it. 
Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, especially since if Jack does that, he would actually end up teleporting inside of it, right? And right. then and then so it would be weird too because then like the spider would have part of its own leg like impaling it from like inside, you right. know? <laughs> yeah, so that maybe would Jack awesome. like Jack like parks like the pork trap express and he but but now like the thing is falling over so like the whole thing is tipping and he's like oh no and he has to like jump out of the truck you know <laughs> right <laughs> and of course he's like what do I do like the truck or my life you know <laughs> yeah, my pork chop express <laughs> exactly but, but 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 this is perfect because then we can put Jack in a position to be inside the spider you know to be like you know it's your old boy Jack Burton here you know and he's like he's gonna give uh, uh, Gygax like this whole little speech about what jack burton would do in a situation like this just like he yes. did it with lopan you know and eventually he'd be like yeah what the hell and just like blow his fucking face off right. <laughs> yeah but, oh maybe guy guys could be like i, I could offer you power i could he's like going on like all the things he could give jack and he's like yeah what the hell and just shoots him in the face like yeah. indiana jones style with the, the guy with the sword just eh, yeah boom yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, I can give you the world. I'll give you everything you want. And he's like, well, you know what old Jack Burton would do in a situation like this? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> Boom. Boom. Oh, that'd be, that'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. Yeah. And like, what if, you know, because it's a silly you know, like action, you know, sci-fi movie, like, the, you know, the, the whole spider like falls to the ground because Gygax is dead and he can't control it anymore. But what if somehow miraculously it just falls straight down and lands in like, you know, on the river or Central Park or someplace. And then, you know, Jack is able to actually drive the, the, the pork chop express out of there. Like he's, he's like, it landed flat. <laughs> you know? <Right. laughs> And he just comes like bursting out of the side of it with the pork chop express. Exactly, exactly, just Kool Aid Man style, you know. <laughs> little, little worse for wear, but it's still good. It's still good. Exactly, so, right. What I, what I'm thinking is like we, we want to end the movie with, uh, you know, obviously the military is going to be involved because I mean you can't have a giant fucking mecha spider <laughs> walking around New York and not get the attention of the government. Yeah, so, for sure. We're going to have like this, like maybe like this black ops military group, like kind of come in almost like the end of Monster Squad, you know, where they all yeah. just show up like, you know, a little little too late. But, they you know, they show up, they start gathering up the tech and all that. And maybe we have someone that looks a little similar to Kurt Russell, you know, <laughs> clap Jack on the back and tell him you did a good job here, soldier. And we, 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 we turn the camera around and we see it's Snake Plissken before yeah. he goes against the government. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So it's yeah. Snake when he was still a soldier. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Jack just does like, like a double take of like, who's yeah. that? You know? <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Just don't even don't explain like we like we did with the Arnieverse movies. Just like, yeah, whatever. They look similar, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, I mean, come on. It's a it's it's Carpenter. We gotta have Snake Plissken. Like, it, and of it's course. New York. It makes sense. Of course. Okay, so. <laughs> I have been waiting. This was actually your idea, but I've been waiting a long time to like to say this scene. Right. So credit to you for the idea. So we got to have the wrap up just like at the end of Big Trouble in Little China when like we kind of cut to the back of the restaurant. Jack's going to pack up. He's like, oh, Jack's got to hit the road, you know, <laughs> and we go to do that. Right. And he's saying goodbye to you know Vinny the Pug. And he's like, you know, they they shake hands and, you know, maybe uh, maybe Big Boss, uh, you know, Puglisi and Pesci, like give him a couple of fat envelopes, you know, for your troubles, you know, young man, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And just like, you know, same similar kind of ending. And, uh, 
you know, maybe while maybe Jack opens the door and it's like, oh, you know, it's bright, sunny day out and he puts his hand up and, you know, and he's but don't forget, like they had been teleported with all this stuff. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, so and, and maybe this is happening, you know, just in the street somewhere or by the by the wreckage of the, the giant spider or whatever. And then and he looks down, and he sees this, you know, spilled crate of sunglasses. Right. He's like, <laughs> oh. He picks one of them up and puts it on and, you know, he, and he looks over and he sees, you know, I don't know, one of the Pesci guys or whatever. And he sees like the fucking they live alien yes. <laughs> yes. and then like cut the black you know <laughs> oh that would be fucking amazing <laughs> yeah okay you you heard it here guys carpenter verse coming to raise my rentals <laughs> well yeah for... <laughs> we gotta do the arnie verse now we're doing the carpenter verse i mean we, we got oh. we got we got the christine mention in there you know we did the <laughs> you know live. the escape the escape from movies they live i mean we're not that and with all the alien shit we're not that far off of like starman you know oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and or, there's no there's no reason why we can't start mixing in some fucking cthulhu shit and get you know in the mouth of madness <laughs> fucking prince of darkness yeah. yeah exactly we can bring in the fog you know that and <laughs> yeah. uh fucking ghosts of mars even i mean there's so many cool <laughs> opportunities for how do we tie in shit oh. because jack jack burton lives in this weird universe where there's like you know crazy ancient you know chinese these oni monsters on and then there's also like you know crashed aliens building giant spider robots and it's like <laughs> anything can happen it, it will all culminate with the silver shamrock company making an army of robotic michael myers to fight <laughs> snake plissken and jack burton <laughs> oh my god yes. holy yes. shit <laughs> escape from halloween <laughs> Big trouble and escape from. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh God, I love it. I love it so much. Oh, oh, one last thing. This is a great ending to the movie, but there's one last thing I wanted to throw in. Uh, I thought of it earlier, but I didn't want to like kill the momentum. So I was like, just for those little jokes, just little jokes, right? So yeah. at the at the end of Big Trouble in Little China, that Oni creature that you were talking about, that weird like wild hairy man, like you know, he catches a, a ride as a stowaway on the back of the big the pork chop express, and we didn't really mention it. And even in the movie, it was kind of a throwaway joke, kind of like the sunglasses thing, you know, that we right. just did. And but like, what if, what if like throughout the movie, we. we just in the background, we see news reports on TV. We see like someone reading a newspaper when we walk into a room. Just little snippets of like, you know, Bigfoot sighting in Philadelphia. Like there's another <laughs> one, another Bigfoot sighting in Cleveland. You know, like, you know, like, yes. you know, farm animals eviscerated outside of Toledo or whatever. And it's like all these just references of like, yeah, that creature's out there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> skunky real you know <laughs> photos inside you know <laughs> oh my god that's fantastic you know, and, and I, I won't lie at the beginning of this i was trying to think like how are we going to tie the wild man in because he was in the the cliffhanger and then i was just like ah whatever <laughs> like, but yeah. that that's perfect that's the perfect way to tie it in <laughs> yeah we don't need to have him in the story he just got out of the truck somewhere and like took off and now he's just all over the place you yeah. know <laughs> jack, jack stopped in a truck stop to take a shit and he was just like i'm out <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> and that would be a cool like so they did big trouble in little china like sequel comic books that would be an amazing like comic book spin-off or tie-in to the movie <laughs> It's like, you know, the adventures of the wild man or whatever, you know, <laughs> just stealing apple pies off of windowsills. 
Dude, that'd be amazing. Speaking of like genre mashups, imagine that the whole comic book was like a stylistic mashup, right? Where you right. do, where yeah, you do like the Family Circus style and the Peanuts <laughs> style, and like you do a Jack Kirby superhero one, and like you do like a you Bernie writes in like horror story of like you know the the, the creepy you know monster in the barn or whatever, and like dude, that would be amazing. I'd read the fuck out of that. <laughs> Hell to the yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that was <laughs> I, I want that to be a thing. <laughs> I know. I almost want the comic more than I want the movie. <laughs> I know, right? The It'd Adventures of the Wild Man. <laughs> Gosh, oh, this is amazing. Woo, yeah, okay. This this kind of went in some directions I wasn't expecting. And, and like again, little little peek behind the curtain for the listeners. Uh, this is the least amount of notes I've written in in weeks. Like, I literally just had three lines of, like, Jack gets caught in the middle of a mafia war in New York City, uh, only it's not an ordinary war. The mafiosos are armed to the teeth with alien tech. Um, I put, Jack has to save himself and his <laughs> unlikely partner from a battle. <laughs> like They find out a bunch of innocent people are caught in the middle of the bloodbath, and Jack decides to help them end it once and for all. That's literally all I have for notes. Other yeah, than yeah. make sure to include They Live references, the Notorious Carpenter crate, and other <laughs> Carpenter things. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, and, and 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 for me, it's like, you know, this came out of, uh, we were talking, we were texting a couple weeks ago about, like, what we should do next. And uh, I was watching something, and uh, it was some YouTube video about Westerns. And I was thinking, like, oh, we should do, like, a Western, you know, for Raised by Rentals. Um, we haven't really done that yet. And then for some reason, that got me thinking about, like, Westerns and aren't really Westerns. You know, like, Star Wars, like, the first Star Wars movie, it, like, follows all the beats of, like, a classic Western, even though it happens in space. Um, right. And that's what brought me to thinking about Big Trouble in Little China, thinking, like, oh, man, like, what a crazy Western, <laughs> you know, that, that movie right. is. And then thinking, like, oh, that'd be fun. And I thought, ha, Big Trouble in Little Italy. And just popped into my brain because it seemed like the like the obvious next you know title just like from escape from la obviously mm -hmm. and yeah so i texted you and i was like dude we just do like jack burton like meets the sopranos and like gets involved <laughs> in like a mafia war <laughs> yep <laughs> and, and that was right after you know or a day or two after we you know recorded our uh, snakes and ladders episode so it's like this is probably the quickest turnaround from i had this idea <laughs> to yeah, you know some, something we actually did on the show well, and that's the thing we did have originally, we did have another episode planned, which we will eventually get to. But the problem is the source material uh, we couldn't get our hands on to watch to refresh our memories. So once we get our hands on, on I don't want to ruin it what it is, but once we get our hands on what we wanted to watch, we will eventually do the originally planned episode. But once yeah. we realized we were going to have to do something else, we were kind of spitballing back and forth like, you know, well, what, what do we what do we do? And and you were like, I kind of like that big trouble in Little Italy. And I was like, sold. <laughs> Let's do it. Done. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's a, a great cool idea. Feeling. Oh, thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, it was a really cool, just quick fill in episode. And, you know, honestly, it seemed kind of easy. And I was a little bit nervous that it would just be like, well, I already thought about this, like, you know, two weeks ago. Like, am I really going to care or have the same kind of like magic? But, yeah, once we just got to spitballing back and forth, like this is went in so many crazy directions that I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have expected when I first I, thought of it. <laughs> I had no idea we were going to end up with a kaiju battle. But it was like as soon as you said it, I was like, fuck, yes. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know where that came from, but as soon as I was like, wait, the alien's got to go somewhere, but we just talked about him being like a big you know, pile of goo for how long, like, how does he move, and uh, giant alien, you know, giant spider creature, I mean, it's just... <laughs> It's a thing. <laughs> I mean, who was it that wanted that third act spider? Um, it was, oh, God. It was whoever was the producer of the Wild Wild West movie who had initially wanted, like, I think it was Kevin Smith who told that story. Yeah. 
because he had wanted him to put it in the Superman movie. And yeah, yeah. it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I still to this day have never seen that movie, but it did create one of my favorite uh, uh, terms for um, like a, a weird trope that happens in films. Uh, film sack created they coined this phrase and I fucking love it. I use it all the time. It's called chicken a bucket. <laughs> it means when you have a character that shows up and then is just never mentioned again. Like for like they just they were there for that one scene. You're like, why were they yeah. even there? Um, because I guess there's a scene in Wild Wild West where Will Smith is like in this like bucket of water, like kind of bathtub thing with some chick and they're like talking and then he gets out and they never see this character again who seemed like she was important for five minutes. So they're like, what was with the chick in the bucket? <laughs> and they yeah. kept kept using that term. So I, I love it. I, I use that term all the time. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I I vaguely remember that scene. I saw that movie once when it came out. I'm pretty sure it was at the drive-in, which mm-hmm. I now realize, I forget what episode it was. I was listening to recently, and I kept talking about the drive-through in Middleport, New York. And I'm like, no, it's the drive-in, you dumbass. <laughs> I, I caught that on the listen-through as well, and I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't catch it when we were recording. <laughs> uh, oops, on the correction corner. But, yeah, I'm pretty hey. sure I was, Happens to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm pretty sure it was the same the same drive-in where I saw uh, Wild Wild West when it first came out on a date, and it was so bad. But it was like – it wasn't so bad that it went back around to being good, but it was so bad that it was like, I kind of want to watch it again <laughs> because it was like I couldn't believe how stupid it was. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just <laughs> – like it's just there's no way that it's good not even so bad that it's good but like it's kind of a train wreck you know yep <laughs> it's it's one of those things where there are good elements like it's like there are good actors there are, are decent effects there was a good budget like what went wrong <laughs> right know? well honestly wild wild west would be it would be good fodder for this show because it's a good idea i mean yeah it's based yeah. on a tv show but the movie is only kind of based on the tv show but it's basically like steampunk western and like yeah. th- there's been a bunch of novels written in that you know genre mashup before but like it's the kind of thing that we do where it's like yeah okay let's take this you know old tv show about like a you know western you know gunfighter or whatever and you know put some you know, weird like victorian robot monsters and shit in it and like yeah that'd be a fun story but it was just so dumb <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh and, and and everybody loves like the rap song about the movie but will smith did not he did not hit it with that wild wild west song i'm sorry no. that was not the way to go <laughs> oh my. see and and my my only love of that is directly from south park where uh, it uh, it's it's this whole three parter episode where you have all the kids doing different things, but the one uh, the one part is is Cartman, what's going on with him, and he's playing out Wild Wild West, and like he's pretending in his room, and every time he wins, he starts going like wicka wicka wow wicka wow, singing the Wild Wild West song, oh, and it's God. fucking dumb as hell, but it's so it's so South Park, like it fits yeah. so well. Well, that's that, that's the thing about that. That's one of those movies that it's. Its value is in, like, how much mileage we get out of making fun of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and all the other really great things we get to enjoy that are making fun of it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. So oh, This was good. This was, a, this was a fun ride. I thought I was really worried that we were going on and on and on at the beginning about a bunch of other bullshit that had nothing to do with Big Trouble in Little China because – 
I don't know why I was just thinking it required a lot of like introduction. Like how do we explain how wacky this movie is while at the same time being badass? You right. know? <laughs> because I feel like when we do our idea, it's going to get, it's going to get wacky. Like it wasn't in my head. It was just Jack Burton versus the Sopranos basically. But like, I knew it was going to get wacky and I didn't <laughs> right. want it to be like totally out of left field. You know? <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing, like anyone who's seen big trouble in little China, you know, knows just how insane it is. Like, because realistically, it's it's one of those those movies where something is happening in every scene. There's no downtime. Like, in fact, there's so little downtime that some some parts of it don't really make sense how quickly they turned around and started doing the next scene. You know, like all this crazy shit happened. Like they, they have that fight in the alleyway where there's like a fucking ghost and like the three storms and all sorts of craziness. Then we see Jack in a bathrobe because he, like, took a shower or whatever. <laughs> and he's, like, calling his insurance company about his truck. And then next thing you know, they're, they're off at a brothel trying to, like, get back Wang's woman. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, there was no downtime there. Yeah. Well, honestly, even, like, the opening sequence, um, not, the, not the very opening, but near the beginning when Jack is in Chinatown and he's gambling and playing with Wang, the, the, the whatever game they're playing together and they're betting, man, the dialogue is so fast. And it's yeah. like they're, they're almost talking over each other. It's like they're competing. And it was like it was it was a little jarring. In fact, that was one of the reasons why I, I sat back and was like, huh, like this isn't exactly how I remember. Because I was like, it's almost like difficult to listen to because mm-hmm. they were just like talking so quickly and jumping around this subject and that subject. They were really emoting very heavily, like it was kind of over the top. But at the same time, I think it sets the scene of like, OK, this is the kind of movie that it is that we, we can't even have a normal conversation without like posing and machismo and like a battle of wills <laughs> and get everyone getting super emotional and super intense, you know? And, yep. and it's like, okay, yeah, it, it kind of sets up where we're going to go uh, just in tone. There are some really ridiculous things that like, I didn't, I didn't mention at the top, um, but that I do want to mention about big trouble in little China. Like the fact that uh, the three guys, um, I forget what the, the, the rival, like the low pan gang were. I forget what they were called. The red oh. turbans. Was it? There was yeah they were wearing they were wearing red turbans but I forget what they were actually called like the Wang Ching or something like that yeah um, but th- those guys like they they were coming in to to steal you know steal some some ladies um and it's just it's just fucked up to me I know it was the eighties but like did you see the the sunglasses the one guy was wearing yeah <laughs> yeah like okay i mean this is this is just a stereotype thing but like you put the asian guy in a pair of sunglasses with little slits for the eyes that's fucked up like even in the 80s that's fucked up dude yeah it really is it really is i was oh, like what? God. i what? didn't even i didn't like notice a... it until this watch when i was watching it kind of critically yeah. i was like dude what the fuck is that it's like a fucking like Cyclops visor almost, but it's like two separate eyes. Yeah, yeah. So okay, I just googled it. So they're called the Lords of Death, but then the the gang that worked for Lo Pan were called the Wing Kong. That's okay. So oh, so it was yeah. two separate gangs. Okay. I think there was um, lots of gang. There was lots of different gangs. It was like yeah. <laughs> that's part of what made it so crazy. It was just like it was so many dudes. Like you didn't know who was on your side or who you were supposed to be fighting against, and it was right. just wild. And even like like the the other thing I wanted to mention that made no sense to me was like so when the the three storms when they bust out their weapons you know like they they first they have the the I think it's like a kunai where the the the, the weird knives that they throw at the guys 
And then the one dude busts out like the hook swords. The other mm. guy busts out what looks like back scratchers. <laughs> yeah, it does. I was like, what kind of weapon is that? Because the other guy has double bladed knives. So it's like two of them are fighting with actual weapons. One is fighting with what looks like back scratchers. And it's really weird. <laughs> so yeah. that confused me. Now that we're on the subject, I actually, of all the weird things in the movie, I think the, th- the three storms were the thing that kind of annoyed me the most, honestly, <laughs> because it was, it was like, everything was so nonsensical and crazy, but you just go with it. But like, those guys were like a little bit too nonsensical, right? Because, mm. uh, well, going, kind of going backwards, like the lightning dude, who is obviously the most powerful, they, they portray him as being so scary. Like he always comes in last and like throw his lightning around, but then at the end of the movie, instead of attacking, you know, Jack and, and Wang and I guess Gracie was with him at that point, who were like 30 feet away, maybe like right. lightning, lightning could totally go that far. <laughs> like <laughs> instead he like shoots lightning at the ceiling to like burn the building down and then slowly follows them. And then they drop a statue on his head and he's dead. And like, that's it. I'm like, <laughs> Yep. That was the big threat. Like he could have electrocuted every one of those motherfuckers from across the room, but he like wastes his time showing off because those, <laughs> that's, those, that's what those guys do. They showed off every scene that they were in, like pulling out their weapons and doing all these like, you know, competition moves and like katas and stuff. And it was like, what are you doing? Like just kill somebody. You know? <laughs> right. Well, and I got to comment on that scene in particular where they're trying to escape everybody that's that's hanging out with Jack, like Jack and his entire crew have insane vertical leap because when they're trying to figure out where to run from, from uh, the, the lightning dude, they look up and there's the hole in the ceiling and they go there and it's like seven feet above them. Like yep. <laughs> there, there's a lot of, and so I, okay. Wang, I can believe cause we just saw him doing some Bruce Lee style, crazy Kung Fu, but Gracie law, <laughs> Jack, like, was it Wang's girlfriend or whatever? They got that insane vertical leap too. Like, come on. <laughs> so that's a little much, but uh, a couple other things that I, that I want to mention, like, I don't know if this happens to you, but every time Jack drives the pork chop express down that alleyway, I get claustrophobic. Cause oh, I'm like, yeah. Oh God, how are you going to drive that out of there? <laughs> like, yeah. I get nervous. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you, so many weird things like that. Cause like, yeah, I mean, his side view mirrors were like, they were hitting like random shit hanging in the alley. I'm like, ah, it's too close. <laughs> like it was freaking me out. Um, yeah, it was like he drove it like right into like a labyrinth. You know, like <laughs> right. why would you do that? <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say too about the freaking storms. It's like the the wind dude who I never realized they called him Thunder. And I'm like, wait, no, that's the wind guy. Like why are they calling him Thunder? Um, yeah, it's like you know, Thunder is a noise, not not wind. Not wind. Yeah, but like. When he sees Lopan dead at the end, he just like he blows up like a balloon and pops for some reason. But it's like, why does that happen? Like, I literally rewound it and watched it again. And I'm like, I cannot like when I was a kid, I just assumed that they must have done something to him, I guess. I don't know. I was young and dumb. But like as a you know 42 year old man who's seen a lot of movies, I'm watching this. I'm like, why did he pop like a balloon? Like what happened there? I know. I've always questioned that myself. And the only kind of like the mental gymnastics I've had to do to like reconcile that scene in my head is that like somehow Lopan was the one that gave them their powers. So maybe he loses control of his powers because Lopan's dead. Like, I don't know. 
Um, but it seems because he gets he gets pissed and he he does the deep breath and he's like, oh, and then suddenly he starts blowing up and he starts screaming. So it's like, did he like try to like power up and went too far? Like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Because like the, the lightning dude didn't die until like later. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Strange. I, I just like the rain guy best because he was Bobby Nien and Gleam in the Cube. And that, that makes him cool in my book. <laughs> right. I will say this, though, that this movie, Big Trouble in Little China, has influenced two of my absolute favorite video games of all time. Very obviously Mortal Kombat. Like, because, I mean, not only do you have Raiden based straight up on lightning. Like, it's the dude in, like, the oh, uh, yeah. farmer's hat with the lightning powers. He looks straight up like lightning in the, in, in the first sure. game. And then Shang Tsung is clearly a knock on Lopan. Like it's, he even, you know, he's the, the old man, the old man sorcerer that then becomes the young man. And it's like, yeah, no, it's totally fucking <laughs> big trouble in little China. And then watching like years later, watching this movie, you know, the way I do and playing world of Warcraft when they do uh Mists of Pandaria, which is like, you know, the, the, Asian inspired expansion. There's a dungeon that is straight up fucking low pans, uh, like low pans labyrinth. Like it looks just like rooms from, from low pans facility. And I'm like, Holy yeah. shit. Like, and a lot of like the, the weird statues and monsters and shit that's in this movie are straight up in the game. <laughs> like, yeah, they're just, for they're sure. just there. It's like, they that's so cool. It. Yeah. Like, so this movie has definitely inspired a lot of people artistically. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, that not in, in other properties, but then there's like been some great merchandise and toys and and comic book spinoffs and all kinds of amazing stuff. And I actually never read the comic books, but now I can because I was I was kind yeah. of waiting waiting for an excuse to watch the movie again so I could just be more familiar with the characters before I read the comics. And then mm-hmm. when we when we decided we were going to do this episode, I purposely waited because I didn't want to be influenced by someone else's idea for a sequel or a prequel or whatever's in those comics. But now I'm right. stoked because I can I can finally go read them so i'm gonna put them in my my short stack of the shit that i'm gonna read next so i i, I read them years ago um i won't ruin anything but I, I will say this i will say they they do acknowledge and explain uh the wild man like you know because he was on the back of the truck at the end of the movie so they acknowledge that in the comic um yeah i'm sure it's not as good as our idea though so i no. don't care but yeah all right man it is something i do want to reread because it's been about five years since i read them but yeah i think i've had them for maybe that long because i have (laughs) i have a lot of comics that i've had for a while and just never got around to because i would like buy new stuff and want to read the new stuff and then things that weren't like a super high priority would like get pushed back or if i had to do something first like oh i have to go watch this movie first or i have to go reread this other book first you know read reread book one to read book two or whatever then i'd be i would end up just putting that off and eventually I, I, I have some books where I'm like, I think I've owned this for like five or six years and I've never read it, but <laughs> right. eventually I'll get there. I'll I, got get there. I got a list. I'm still watching movies from 10 years ago, so I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Anyway. So I think it's about time to wrap this up. I think we did a, did a pretty fun job. We, I think we talked about as a much about 
not the movie as we did the movie <laughs> right <laughs> just in terms of the length of the episode so i hope we didn't bore anybody out there i hope our listeners are still there and if you are still there and you want to listen to some more you can check us out on the socials at raised by rentals all over the place instagram twitter etc also at raisedbyrentals.com for all the links we're on youtube as well uh if you want to download those and listen over there and in addition to that social media stuff you can check us out at redpantheon.com Red Pantheon is the super team conglomerate of uh, podcasters, artists, musicians, a bunch of other weirdos like us that make cool shit. Uh, and so if you think that this show is rad, go find something else rad to listen to on there. Uh, what about you, Mike? It's uh, Boogeyman's Closet on all of the socials, uh, also on Red Pantheon. By the time you hear this, the Boogeyman's Closet will be off of hiatus. So we will be back with our uh, big budget horror movies, which... I am very excited to get to because there's very few on that list that I actually like. Um, so it'll be fun. Uh, also, yeah. Count, Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash is the other podcast I'm part of. Also on Rad Pantheon. What were you going to say? <laughs> Sorry, I, I interrupted you because I was like, yeah, the big budget movies. I think there was two that I liked and then the rest of them were like, huh, what, what's my strategy here? Do I vote for something that everyone's going to hate just to listen to the hate watch? Or, yeah. you know, what do I do? So we'll see. I think it's going to be very interesting. <laughs> I was like, OK, Sleepy Hollow and the Mummy. I like those. Yeah. The those rest of I'm like, uh, like, OK, World War Z and End of Days. I'm like. I can do those like they're, they're, I don't hate them. I don't really like them, but I don't hate them. Everything else on that list. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's going to be hard to get through. <laughs> yeah. uh, I hope no one votes for the Wolfman because I literally fell asleep during that twice. Like, I have no idea. Oh. What happened to this day, I don't even remember if I finished it because I don't, <laughs> even, care. I don't even care. I have no clue. It was a waste oh, of time. I want anyway. To so bad. <laughs> I know it had it's one of those movies that had like had every element or like it could have been good, but they just put all the puzzle pieces together in the wrong way. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. oh, fun times. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in once again to listen to us ramble and rant and rave and sometimes improv some stories about. <laughs> our favorite movies, TV, and games. So if you like this, drop us a line, rating, comment, whatever. Tell us what you think we should improv, improve next time. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support rad stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. Old Jack always says, what the hell? <laughs>